Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence will spell the end of the human race. It's a flying object, and we don't know what it is. I would hope somebody is checking it out. I don't know where the rockets or whatever, but incredibly fast. I'm glad the Pentagon is looking at this, because if it poses a threat, I want them on top. Well, the craft generates its own gravitational field. Internet has become the command center for criminals and terrorists. That's that's what we're instructed to say. Roswell, Area 51, alien kept deep under the ground. about all the things we're not allowed to talk about we do it monday tuesday wednesday thursday at 7 p.m pacific and what are those things you may ask that's right aliens conspiracy the paranormal the government academia the 24-hour news cycle 
propaganda and the general feeling that we live in the upside down. These shows are always live. They've always been live. They will always be live because it's a two-way conversation, and that's how things get done. You talk to people, and uh, that's what this show's always been about. It's about getting together. It's about bringing together like minds. It's about being a concerned citizen. It's about all of those things combined into one, and it's about telling ghost stories on the Internet. That's what my detractors would say, and I don't give a damn. We're going to do it anyway because it's a lot of fun, and we do need to stretch our imaginations from time to time, uh, given, uh, of course, the the state of reality as it is, and I don't need to tell you, and all the rest of that, you guys can make up your own uh, state of reality, as uh, we've talked about quite a bit, or you can buy into the mainstream's state of reality, which, of course, is fear, 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 fear all the time and uh that's uh really not what this is about we're we're getting together uh this is is called troubled minds for a reason meaning that uh we're taking the term back it doesn't mean uh you know uh, mentally uh deficient or uh anything like that it means we're concerned it means there are things out there to be concerned about that the rest of the world uh hasn't really caught up on yet and i think that's uh that's uh what part of this conversation is and uh as you know it's an open-ended conversation it's a uh, Nonlinear, meaning that uh, sometimes we tell stories, sometimes we don't, and it just goes uh, all over the place. Uh, these conversations go range far and wide, and kind of uh, we we get a little time for you to take it where you want to take it. And so that's what's up. And so that's the long-winded way of me saying that we are live and we have an open phone line because we're streaming on Rockfin, DLive, YouTube, and of course, Twitter. And we're broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. And if you want to be part of the show tonight, give us a call at any point. Just dial uh, the phone number. Of course, the first couple hours will be on Fringe, which means we have uh, commercial breaks at the top and bottom of the hour. So uh, avoid those. Uh, the five minutes after, like uh, 8.05, 7, uh, 8, uh, sorry, 7, 7.05. 735 uh, etc and uh, your your calls just time them just appropriately and we'll, we'll give you plenty of time to to kind of think think uh, think outside the box to think uh, to kind of uh, like I always say it's it's interesting when your mouth starts moving your brain at least for me my brain starts working kind of in double time because I, I just have to, I have to catch up right I have to stay ahead of my mouth uh, because it's easy to say something without thinking about it and uh, that's what's going on. So, uh, again, 702-957-1037. You can find the phone number and the Discord link always at troubledminds.org. That's the official website. And uh, you can just click the Discord link. It's a, a Discord is a chat client. It's a voice client. It's, uh, it's, about all, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic program. Like I said, we, uh, we uh, always talk about it because it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great way for people to communicate. And like I said, this, uh, this show has always been about just people talking to each other without uh, editing without uh, uh, you know a, a a quick sound clip of uh, you know a twenty minute statement you wanted to make time, things like this right like the like the dishonest media we try and be the opposite of that and just let you talk just get together and uh, let people hear you and inspire each other and uh, look to the future for good things for humanity not uh, uh, this uh, great reset and all this other garbage they're trying to stuff down our throat um, so uh, once again uh, join in the discord at troubledminds.org uh, meet lots of swell people there also. Uh, we have a, uh, another Discord chat room running. It's the same program. It's free. If you've got an internet connection, uh, join the fringe.com. 
uh, fringe.fm slash chat. Is that what it is? I think it's fringe.fm slash chat. For some reason, I uh, couldn't remember. Uh, okay, but I think I got it. I think that's it. Fringe.fm slash chat. Okay, and uh, you'll get a direct invite. So what we're going to do tonight, as usual, uh, of course, uh, take your phone calls and talk about some weirdness tonight. But uh, uh, you know me. I'm always watching news cycles. I'm always taking feedback on shows. I'm always, you know, if you guys are want to hear about particular things, uh, get in that Discord and share the links. Uh, put some stuff in there. There's a lot of shows we've done because of information that you guys have put to, to me. And I said, wow, that's amazing. I haven't heard of that before. So let's talk about it. Um, and, and as you know, with me, I'm not an expert. I don't talk about this stuff with any kind of intimate knowledge. I try and catch up and do as much reading as I can. I do read fairly quickly, but not like a speed read style. I couldn't win any competitions or anything. But uh, I, you know, I do my best to catch up and educate myself enough to at least talk about it uh, in, in you know, general terms here on the show. Uh, and I had to do that tonight. I had to do that because this particular topic is really outside of my normal, um, what would you say, my normal uh, realm of understanding, because it's a, it's a part of history that uh, us Yanks, uh, us folks over here in the United States, the Yankees, as they were called, uh, oddly enough, as the Yankees are losing in the wild card game, <laughs> <laughs> to the Boston Red Sox, uh, but uh, the uh, uh, and to be honest, uh, that's your sports update, and that's all we're going to talk about sports, uh, just because it's a weird synchronicity. But uh, I do hope both the Yankees and the Red Sox lose tonight, if that's possible. Let's uh, let's manifest that into possibility, please. Uh, okay, so so that's what's going on, uh, and so we're looking back in time here and telling a story. All right, this isn't my story. This is a story from history, and it's a story from secret societies. It's a story from blood magic and ritual. It's a story about crystal balls and speaking to angels. It's a story that goes back to the late 1500s and the court of Queen Elizabeth I, the Virgin Queen, as they call her, and the uh, the pinnacle of the Renaissance and uh, a golden period in the, uh, the United Kingdom, uh, England, as it were, back then. And so, the, the, basically, I don't know a ton about that period in history. I do know that Queen Elizabeth I was uh, the last in the line of the Tudors, uh, which, of course, uh, is uh, Anne Boleyn uh, infamy and uh, Henry VIII, and uh, that uh, there was a lot of shenanigans happening back in the Elizabethan period, as they call it, and we're talking about like the late 1500s, 1590, 1585, somewhere in that range, and uh, there's some weirdness here, um, because this is, of course, the dawn of the British Empire, as it were, and there's some there's some strange, strange things that uh, people have claimed regarding a court... Um, uh, a confidant uh, by the name of John D. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, it, it is said that this John D. fellow uh, has done all kinds of things. He was into alchemy. He was into blood magic. He was into uh, the spy game. He was a spy for Elizabeth I, they say. And uh, there's a lot to this. And it's, it, the story goes deep. And the more I kept digging, uh, the more the story seemed... Um, well, uh, deep. The, the depths of this story just continue. And so uh, as we found this, like I said, and the reason I say you can join and uh, share information on Discord is because uh, shout out to uh, our good buddy, the Night Stalker out there, Derek in Massachusetts. He's the one who sent me this article. He's the one who sent me this link, and he sent it last week, actually. And I didn't jump on this immediately, though I thought it was an amazing story, an amazing topic to talk about. Um, but uh, it, it's, uh, it, it, it took me a little bit to catch up because it's talking about character 
characters I didn't know a ton about. Because like I say, us Yanks over here, us Yankees, uh, we were taught the best thing about the British Empire and the United Kingdom and England in general happened in 1776. So I don't need to explain to everybody what that was or how that went down. It's been well documented. Uh, let's just say, uh, well, we, we won't we won't go there tonight. Uh, but okay, so, so that's what's happening. And uh, it's this weirdness. Now, okay, let's go to this article. Again, uh, uh, Derek in Massachusetts uh, says, go Sox. Okay, I'm going to say, I hope they both lose tonight. But we're going to go to this, all right? We're going to go to this. Uh, I, I just can't stand those baseball teams. I'm sorry, I'm a West Coast guy. Uh, we, we can't stand that the, there's a West Coast bias, uh, <laughs> uh, East Coast bias. Anyway, all right, so let's go uh, Let's go with this. This is BigThink.com. And this is, this is the topic of the show tonight. And it's strange. It's strange in many ways. And uh, it starts like this. The headline reads, Did Dark Magic Conjure Up the British Empire? And, okay, uh, esoteric evidence points to a ritual performed by Queen Elizabeth's court magician, John D. John D. Uh, such a such an, uh, a seemingly innocuous name. John D. Seems like a swell fellow. Uh, however, <laughs> that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, there's a lot here with this. We'll get into John D. in just a second. Read some of this article. And I want a uh, quick shout out to Rivers, actually, who set me straight on some of the uh, the John D. stuff last night. I appreciate your insight and uh, uh, giving me some information here that I didn't know. Like I said, uh, you can teach old dogs new tricks, as it were. And uh, I'm always trying to learn and always trying to hear things from great people. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Rivers, for pointing out some things we're going to talk about tonight regarding uh, England, the history. Uh, Elizabeth I, John D, and how this story goes. So here we go. Let's uh, let's r- rock this down. Uh, again, straight from the article here on BigThink.com. It says this. An unremarkable stone circle in Mudshoot Park is said to have a wild and dark history. Legend has it that this is where John D used magic to conjure up the British Empire. As incredible as that sounds, local geography provides some circumstantial evidence. And uh, we're not going to go through this entire article. There's some good stuff in here and some great links. And uh, there's some great folks who have done uh, done some work on this uh, with uh, the history and some of this information. But as we get into this tonight, uh, the que- I got some questions, of course, as always, right? This is, this is not the answer show. This is the question show. And we're here to ask questions. And so the questions tonight is, uh, I, I want to consider this. Is it possible to actually create something as significant and widespread as the British Empire using dark magic, blood magic, summoning demons, things like this? Do you think it's a thing? Do you think it's even possible? So that's the first, right? What about this ritual incantation stuff? Do you think that, uh, you know, let, let's say this is the case, all right? Let's say this really happened and John D summoned a demon or sacrificed this individual, which we'll get to in a little bit, and uh, created this, uh, the, the British Empire as we know it, uh, as history knows it. And of course, uh, many terrible things have been said about the British Empire. I'm not going to go into that and geopolitics of the time uh, because, well, it's just, uh, it's, it's it's like, you know, like you would expect the geopolitics of like the uh, Renaissance or Middle Ages or any any of the rest of that is very, um, let's say, bloody. Bloody is a good word. Bloody. Uh, <laughs> very much like today. Odd how some things never change. Uh, but OK, so. 
That's the question tonight. So do you think it's possible through ritual in one way or another to actually summon in something as significant and world changing as the British Empire? And uh, I guess we can take this in different ways. Uh, we were talking uh, again. We, we get together after the show sometimes and just talk on the discord, which is another reason why uh, you should join the discord troubledminds.org. Click the discord link because sometimes after the show, we just get together some folks who are listening, some folks who are friends of the show, some of the people who've called in, some people who don't really call in but like to chat afterward uh, and just come say hi uh, click the discord get in here and talk and uh, we were talking maybe a couple three weeks ago I can't remember exactly the time but uh, Derek again in Massachusetts the Night Stalker uh, he said that he thought uh, the United States itself uh, 1776 and that whole thing was a big ritual and so I, I was intrigued by the idea and uh, got some information from him about that and that's for another show that's another thing entirely but you would expect if it's possible in this case that John D the the uh, the Queen Elizabeth's court magician was able to through dark magic demon summoning or even blood sacrifice conjure up the British Empire that you would think something like this would be able to uh, actually uh, happen elsewhere, all right, elsewhere in the world. Maybe uh, the United States, uh, they've called it New Babylon, they've called it the New Roman Empire. Depends on who you talk to, depends on who you ask, but um, maybe, right? I'm, I, again, as you know, I'm not trying to give anybody information. I, like I said, I have no inside information other than what you can read on the internet. And um, uh, as I always say, our, our secret weapon in this show is you, because again, like I said, I'm going to talk about some stuff tonight that uh, I learned from Rivers. I learned from uh, the Night Stalker. I learned from, again, as we have these conversations, we're always learning. And um, yeah, so you tell me. Uh, that's the, so the, back to the questions tonight is this. Do you think it's possible to actually, through some sort of magic, conjure up, conjure up something as as uh, gigantic, as world-changing as the British Empire? And if so, uh, well, uh, what does that entail? And it's okay, like I said, maybe juice and all that stuff. If you think this is all a bunch of BS, that's cool. We're here to talk about that stuff and consider the possibilities here. So let's get into the rest of this story. Uh, I thought it was uh, very interesting that, uh, well, something as uh, great as the British Empire, I'll say great as in large, not great as in great, because I know it's split. <laughs> so many people either love or hate the British Empire, and I'll just leave it at that. Here we go. Straight from the article from BigThink.com. The British Empire was not founded. It was conjured up by John D., Queen Elizabeth I's court magician. Uh, there are two versions of the tale. Either D. summoned a demon, or he sacrificed Christopher Marlowe, the famous playwright, in a blood ritual. Now, uh, Christopher Marlowe, of course, uh, again, I didn't know any of this. I had to do uh, tons of tons of uh, quick read research to kind of catch myself up. Uh, Christopher Marlowe was actually the uh, uh, one of the famous uh, iambic pentameter types. Uh, if you, if you uh, recall this Shakespearean stuff, he was, they say, the most notable playwright pre-Shakespeare uh, in Europe at the time. And uh, yeah, uh, he figures into this tale not just as a prominent and famous playwright, well, as a possible blood sacrifice. <laughs> a possible blood sacrifice. Uh, I, I laugh because it's not funny. <laughs> like, like I said, that seems mm, sketchy. Uh, so that's that's what we're going to start tonight. And th those are the questions. I don't know. Do you guys believe in this stuff at all? I think the weirdness of this, as we've talked about this, um, is uh, is the the weird stuff from. Uh, uh, let's see what's going on here. What's going on here? Um, let's see. 
Let's see. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, just checking the chat, making sure everything's good. Okay. So, so, so I don't know. Is this, is this the case? Can this happen? And it, it, what do you think about magic in general? If the occults, uh, sorry, the occultist elites believe in this stuff and are, as we've talked about in modern day, even doing uh, some occult rituals now, which we've seen, we've seen this stuff happen on, you know, Ryan Gable does the Super Bowl show every uh, uh, post show uh, on, on the radio with Clyde Lewis every year, uh, talking about the esoteric symbolism that's happening in the Super Bowl halftime show. And there's a lot of it, right? There's a lot of occult symbolism going on. And some people have suggested that it's a very large ritual meant to be seen and uh, kind of broadcast to millions of people in particular uh, to bring about something. Something, right? Uh, you tell me, and that's the question. Do you think that that's a real thing? Uh, occult ritual, uh, widespread to kind of get it out there into the ether and on the eyeballs of people through a television set. And, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like this, that's, uh, that's what's on my mind tonight. 702-957-1037. Love to have your thoughts on this. And uh, as we consider the possibilities of conjuring the British Empire through blood magic or summoning a demon or uh, something else. So uh, let's keep on trucking. Straight from the article here. So uh, Marlow, we'll get to him and his his untimely death. It's uh, well actually um, uh, 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 chronicled how he died, except, well, if we're talking conspiracy, uh, there's always an official story, isn't there? And so this uh, this is what leads us here. So anyway, uh, so the two versions of the tale, either uh, John D. summoned a demon or he sacrificed Christopher Marlowe, a famous playwright, in a blood ritual. Obviously, the tale is apocryphal. There is no evidence except the very circumstantial, the article reads. If the Marlowe version is to be believed, the dark magic ritual must have been performed at the end of May 1593, which, of course, is when Marlowe actually passed away. Uh, the That is when official history says the playwright met a violent end in a tavern brawl in Deptford, just south of the Thames in the east of London. Now, these these areas here that we're talking about, of course, uh, are London. I mean, this is history. This is a, a lot of dirty shenanigans have gone down in London itself over the years. And uh, in particular, we're talking about this uh, this little park. Uh, if you guys have ever been here, it's in it's uh, just basically I had to look at maps and all this stuff because I'm not familiar with London at all, but uh, just about a 15-minute drive uh, to the southeast of uh, the the tower itself, the Queen's Tower, is uh, this little park called Mudshoot Park. And I uh, I checked, I, I even double checked on this stuff and was like, okay. Here's what we're looking at if you want to look at the map from the, the Tower of London. Uh, there, it's a, just about a 15-minute drive to Mudshoot Park and Farm. You can see it on the map here. Uh, if everybody's uh, checking this out, uh, you, there you go. Like I said, I'm not familiar with London, so I had to double-check here. Now, there's some interesting things about this is that they said this ritual took place on the Isle of Dogs. All right, which is uh, down here on the bottom right. You can see the Isle of Dogs, which I've uh, highlighted on the map. Uh, and that's where the blood ritual supposedly took place with John D. summoning in the British Empire. All right. Now, over here on the left, that's again, that is the Tower of London. OK, famed place where tons of stuff went down, where they beheaded Anne Boleyn and all the rest of that at the beginning of the Tudor reign. And well, that's uh, there you go. Now, you know about what I know about English history. Sorry. <laughs> that's about all I know. But uh, but at least during this time period, uh, apparently there's a lot of shenanigans going on. But this is a dark period in history, not just because, uh, like we said, uh, it is the Elizabethan period, which is known as a 
uh, a an actual uh, time of prosperity in England. Uh, but there was some uh, shenanigans, always political shenanigans. Uh, the Protestants, uh, Queen Elizabeth I was a Protestant who uh, had the throne, and uh, they were trying to get her uh, murdered, uh, <laughs> taken off the throne and replaced with a Catholic. So it was one of those times in history where it was very contentious, even though they call it uh, a golden period in English history. And uh, so there was shenanigans, conspiracies, murders, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, like I said, if you guys know a little bit more about this, I know we have lots of uh, fine folks in the United Kingdom or England uh, that uh, actually uh, know probably a lot more about this than I do. And I'd love to hear from you tonight. If you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. And so I did look. Now here, check this out. I pulled this map up. And this is Mudshoot Park itself, uh, right on uh, a satellite photograph. And you can see right there, by zooming in to Mudshoot Park, uh, you can actually see the supposed stone circle where this blood ritual actually took place. You can find it right there on satellite images, and it does exist. Okay. All right. And that's going to get us started tonight. We're going to keep on talking about this, considering this, talking about the players involved in Elizabethan England, uh, again, at the end of the 1500s, 1585-ish uh, onward. And uh, John D. Summing in, summoning in the British Empire with uh, dark magic as of about 15, 1590, what is it, 1593, I believe is the date. And yeah, yep, uh, the end of May, 1593. And uh, that's what's going on. That's what's on my mind tonight. And I hope you dig this type of thing. I hope you dig the story. I thought it was fascinating as hell. And that's why, well, we're going to talk about it. So this is, again, uh, we're, uh, so, so that's the question tonight. Que many questions. Do you think this is even possible? If so, what kind of thing you think is necessary? Is it even a thing to summon demons or create blood magic to bring about changes in world politics, geopolitics, as it were. Those are the questions on my mind tonight. If you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And we'll put you on the show. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More after the break. time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. 
It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we are streaming on Rockfin, DLive, YouTube, and Twitter. And we are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. Tonight, we're discussing the story that John D. summoned in the British Empire through blood magic. What do you think about this? If you want to be part of the show, love to hear your take. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And uh, we'll get going talking about more of this. Now, the crazy part about this is, well, there's many things. There are many things about the crazy about this story. Uh, and we'll go into uh, a little bit more here uh, to kind of get down to the, the, the meat and potatoes of this. But it, it is interesting, like I said, that uh, it's, it's, you know, it's one thing when you find a crazy story on the Internet. Again, shout out to Derek in Massachusetts for uh, pointing this out to me. I thought this was an amazing story. But then I was actually able to verify these places and look on the, not Google Maps as it were, I'm not sure if this is Apple Maps or whatever it was, but you can actually go to this park and look it up right here and you can see it right there on the screen that there is actually in this park named, uh, let's see, what is the name of this park? Mudshoot Park. Again, just to the southeast of the uh, about 15 minute drive of the Tower of London, there is uh, this park where you can zoom in and actually on the satellite photograph see this stone circle that is nondescript. It's literally like a concrete stone uh, and just a little circle with no signpost, no, no anything. It's just, well, local legend has it that this is the spot that John D. either sacrificed, playwright, uh, let's see, get this name correct before I butcher it, uh, Christopher Marlowe, or actually summoned a demon, and in in the course of uh, some actually summoning in the British Empire with uh, yeah, and so so this John D guy, like okay, so we'll get into a little bit more of this, but John D in particular is a pretty infamous guy in in these esoteric circles. Um, he's he was kind of at the end of that that Renaissance period where uh, uh, science uh, hadn't really taken hold yet. Uh, with I believe it was um, the next century actually brought in, I think it was Sir Isaac Newton and some of this other stuff that kind of brought science to the forefront. But he was, uh, John Dee was uh, in a place here where science and magic were actually sort of co-mingling in that alchemy sort of territory. And he was infamous for uh, communicating with angels. Uh, he's got his crystal ball actually in the in the uh, UK museum, which uh, I've got a picture here, which we'll get to. Um, uh, but th- th- there's a lot here. 
And uh, so this guy was kind of at the forefront of, of that magic and alchemy and science, kind of as it came together and the scientific process hadn't really been uh, properly developed and all the rest of this stuff just quite yet. And so as a result, well, we have blood magic. <laughs> hey, you know, when you, when, you, when you can't get science, you may as well do some blood magic. Am I right? I mean, you know, I'm just kidding. Don't, I, I don't recommend that. Please don't do that. But okay, here we go. So... Uh, so that is what the official history says. The playwright met a violent end in a tavern brawl in Deptford. Okay, again, so the uh, there is no evidence of this except for circumstantial, and the 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 story goes like this: either. John D. summoned a demon in this particular part. You can see the, what the, the stone circle actually looks like in a closer photograph right there on the stream. If you guys are watching, it's nondescript. It's literally like a little stone circle in like a grass field. And the, the, the grass inside the circle, oddly enough, in this photograph is like browned out. It's like they don't water it or like something doesn't grow there. <laughs> right? Uh, but then all the grass around this stone circle is green, um, which is, is strange, right? That strangeness here. Okay, so so here we go. Uh, so, so again, uh, the... Uh, the uh, what's his name here? Christopher Marlowe again. The Shakespeare before Shakespeare, or as River said, the rumor is he may have been Shakespeare himself after he faked his death. So we've got conspiracy on top of conspiracy here. Uh, so anyway, uh, point being this. Uh, so this is what the official history says about the playwright. And so at the end of May 1593, this is when John Dee actually uh, gave, gave us this ritual that uh, ushered in the British Empire. And here we go. So we also have a place. Stubborn rumor has it that the Conjuring was done on the. Isle of Dogs, just north of the Thames in the east of London. The exact spot is allegedly marked by a mysterious stone circle tucked away near an elder grove in the northwest corner of Mudshoot Park. And that's exactly how I found it on, in the satellite photos there. Is, uh, just from that description, I just found Mudshoot Park, uh, zoomed in to the, uh, the northwest corner, and sure as you would believe it, right there on the satellite images, you can see the stone circle from the satellite. Can you believe that? Yeah, I thought that was pretty amazing. I'm like, okay, verified. <laughs> this may be real. Uh, anyway, okay. So uh, the individual that wrote this article on Big Think is named Frank Jacobs. And he says uh, that he visited the spot years ago. But, but going by recent pictures, the location is as unremarkable now as it was then. There is neither a signpost pointing to the circle nor any explanation as to why it's there. It's just there. Only when you start researching some of the more esoteric aspects of local geography and folklore do the pieces fall into place. All right, so there you go. There's the premise tonight, and I think there's a lot to this. Uh, like I said, it, this story goes deep, and the more you dig, there's, the more players are involved. We're talking about history here. And so you have, uh, again, conspiracies with the Protestants and the Catholics. Uh, we have uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth on the throne, uh, who's a Protestant, uh, which, is, which is a big deal back then. You've got, uh, it, it was illegal at the time, by the way, to be a, a, an atheist. You had to actually be a religious person, or it was illegal and punishable by death, which we'll get to in a little bit as well. Uh, and so that's that's the strangeness of this time. It's uh, it seems like again that pre-science period where maybe science commingled with alchemy and uh, esoteric ideas and. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, summoning demons. <laughs> What's up? Um, uh, Mad AM says, my guess, a portal opening. It seems like it, right? It seems like, and again, right? So oddly enough, this photograph that we're looking at, it's the stone circle, and it looks like maybe 10 feet across. It's not really that big, three meters or so. And uh, you have brown grass in the middle of this stone circle, but all the grass around it is 
green. It's almost like things don't want to grow there. I think that's a little bit uh, terrifying if you ask me. But uh, here we go. So Christopher Marlowe, this is the guy, uh, again, the playwright. Uh, he was uh, surpassed only by his exact contemporary, uh, William Shakespeare. And as River said, the rumors are that maybe this guy was Shakespeare and his death was faked. Uh, so anyway, a few months, the elder Marlowe was usually the leader, although Shakespeare was able to bring his art to a higher perfection. Uh, most dramatic poets of the 16th century followed where Marlowe had led, especially in their use of language and the blank verse line, which the blank verse line is, again, go back to English class, iambic pentameter, which means uh, non-rhyming, uh, I don't know, don't make me explain more because uh, it'll just confuse me, but uh, very much in the Shakespeare style. Uh, Shakespeare basically took this guy uh, and then standing on the shoulders of giants, wrote some better stuff. Uh, so there we go. Uh, so that's who this individual was, Christopher Marlowe, and why he was a notable figure at the time. And so his death basically marks this beginning, magically, of the British Empire. And I think that's why I couldn't find anything else. I couldn't find anything that actually uh, maybe corroborated this rumor of the blood sacrifice of Christopher Marlowe by John Dee back in 1593. Uh, but uh, there is the one source that we started with, and that's the, the, uh, but the, you know, the connection there. Uh, however, if you, if you take that and you just throw it out uh, and say, okay, well, there was no blood sacrifice of Christopher Marlowe, which actually let's before we do that let's get to his death here uh there's it's been well chronicled right uh his death of what actually happened let's see where is it here uh where is it uh no no not that one. Oh, there's a john d's crystal ball by the way i'll, I'll uh, show that out on this on the stream in a little bit here um let's see okay uh uh, I'll have to find it. I'll have to find it. In any case, it was a. Uh, it wasn't a tavern brawl, as they said. It was uh, friends that uh, kind of meet at a household where they serve uh, food and drink, uh, which was not really a tavern uh, per se. It was. It was kind of uh, the, the shorthand version of the tavern brawl. But I guess they were eating and drinking all day with this Christopher Marlowe and his friends back in uh, May of 1593. And uh, it, it turned out that there was an argument uh, over possibly who was going to pay the bill. Uh, and the argument escalated between these three individuals. And they say that Christopher Marlowe himself pulled a dagger, a dirk, as it were, uh, out of his sleeve and tried to stab uh, one of the individuals uh, about paying the bill uh, during this argument. And so during this, the, the argument, he, he stabs and uh, misses, and the other guy, of course, defends himself. And, well, you know what happens when sometimes when people have to defend themselves? Yeah, unfortunately, people die. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, this, that's the case. They say that the guy uh, uh, either had his own dirk or was able to wrestle away the, the dirk or dagger from Christopher Marlowe and stab him in his eye. Okay? And so that is how the death of Christopher Marlowe officially went down. That's the official story here. Uh, but, uh, so, like I said... Who knows if this was actually the case with John D, uh, with the blood magic uh, conjuring in the uh, British Empire. Uh, but again, let's just throw that out. Let's just throw out the Christopher Marlowe stuff and say, okay, maybe that was a coincidence. Uh, like uh, Rivers has suggested, maybe he was the original Shakespeare and his death was uh, uh, actually a conspiracy to uh, become somebody else, a new pen name or whatever, what have you, uh, one of the most famous writers of all time at this point. But then let's say, let's just throw that part out and say there was no blood sacrifice. But let's say the other take is this, that John D, again, the court magician of Queen Elizabeth I, actually summoned a demon right here in Mudshoot Park, uh, right there just to the southeast of the Tower of London. And, well, um, <laughs> 
then what? Then what? I don't know. I, and that's where there's a lot of this. Like I said, there's a ton of reading that kind of goes into this story, and there's a lot of moving pieces and players here. But uh, back to the original question tonight. Do you think it's even possible, using any sort of magic, to conjure up something as large as the British Empire? As, uh, you know, as uh, maybe uh, Derek has suggested, it, is it also possible that the United States itself is some sort of gigantic ritual? Uh, you know, with the Freemasonry in Washington, D.C., and that esotericness that's going on over there. If you look at the streets and all the... There's some, there's some weirdness, right? There's some weirdness the way they designed Washington, D.C. Um, so, I don't know. What do you guys think? I guess that's the question tonight. Do you believe uh, that this ritual stuff even works? Do you think it's possible? Or do you think that the elites and the occultists and... And, uh, well, let's say the Epsteins of the world, uh, those uh, types, if you know what I mean, that they actually are able to use these spells, as it were, use these rituals to do things. Not just things, not small things, very large, notable things, like changing the structure of the world. And uh, that's what we're talking about tonight. Kind of go back to the... uh, uh, there you go. Uh, Derek's going to call in, uh, go on break, top of the hour. Sweet. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, so I think that's the thing here, is that uh, do you believe this is possible, guys? Do you believe that it is it, dark dark magic or any magic whatsoever is a possible thing to summon in changes to geopolitics on such a scale that it changes the history of the world? That's the question tonight. Because they've said John D. was able to do that and summon in the British Empire. And again, like I said, we're, uh, you know us on this show, we're just kind of drinking the maybe juice and talking about uh, the possibilities here. And uh, there's some uh, fine folks that have done some, uh, some interesting, uh, you know, uh, research, on, research on this. Um, so, I, like I said, I, I did read a whole bunch on this, so I know a ton more than I did when we started, which is why it was delayed. We were going to do this show last week, but I had to read more because I just wanted to at least know what I was talking about on, on a basic level. Uh, but I think we got there. So, okay. So, again, uh, looking to hear from you guys. What do you think? Uh, what's up? Uh, Mystic Skywatcher says it works. Yes, it is deeper than most people realize. Blood, sex, magic, really. And so that's the thing. Is that your take, guys? Uh, you, you believe this or do you believe it's uh, not a thing at all? Like I said, I'm, I'm open to all the possibilities here, and that's why we do this in the format we do. So if you want to be part of the show, please give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037, and we'll put you on the show. We'll have Derek at the top of the hour. Appreciate that. He did share the article with me. Uh, and I don't know. There's, there's, Like I said, there's a lot here. It, uh, it goes pretty deep. It goes pretty deep, uh, but let's uh, let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. If we aren't going to get any calls, I know I know the story is good, and you want to get to the conclusion. Well, there's no conclusion. We know history. The British Empire. Uh, they call it. What do they call the British Empire? I pulled this up because I knew I'd forget. Uh, it's actually the. Uh, what do they call this? Uh, they call it the empire on which the sun never sets. And that's what most people have heard is that it was so vast. The British Empire was composed of the dominions, colonies, proctorates, mandates, and other territories ruled or administered by the United Kingdom and its predecessor states. It began with the overseas possessions and trading posts established by England between the late 16th and early 18th centuries. Interesting. The late 16th century. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, And uh, at its height, it was the largest empire in history and for over a century was the foremost global power. Uh, And of course, uh, at its peak of power, it was described as the empire in which the sun never sets as the sun was always shining on at least one of its territories. And so that's what this is about. Uh, Back to the the premise here. Uh, Did John D, who, of course, was the Queen Elizabeth's court magician, summon in the British Empire? 
through blood magic, through witch ritual, through, again, maybe uh, summoning a demon. And again, we have maybe the exact spot verified uh, through satellite maps that uh, this may have been a thing. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, uh, I don't know uh, to, whether I should believe this. I don't know whether I should believe it's even possible. And that's the question for you tonight. Do you think that this is something? Think of it this way, right? In terms of summoning anything to bring about worldwide changes in such a major way as we're describing here with as with the british empire um don't you think if it worked once it would work again and if it did don't you think uh the elites as it were would be continually trying to do this that's what it seems like to me and we've talked about it in the past sort of this weirdness of uh, i believe rohan our friend rohan when he called him the show said this uh, and this is very notable in this conversation. It, either this stuff is real and the elites are doing some wild stuff or it's not real at all. And the elites believe some wild stuff. And so and they're trying to do it anyway. So the question is, which is more strange, <laughs> which is more strange? Uh, and that's uh, that's what's on my mind tonight. Do you guys want to be part of the show? Love to hear your take on this. Do you believe it's real? And again, John D, here we go. There's, there's a lot on John D. You can, you can check this dude out, and there's an unbelievable amount of information on this guy. And uh, yeah, uh, here we go. This is another article from New Dawn Magazine, and it says, yes, at last, the true purpose of John D's invention of the British Empire, previously hidden, can now be revealed. Conventional wisdom holds that he was res- responsible for naming that empire, which became identified with the progressive Protestant mission to bring enlightenment to a benighted world. However, that picture is a, the, the complacent result of intervening centuries of imperial history, etc. so on. This is more of the historical take on this and John D. But uh, again, John D., like everybody knows uh, in modern times, right? Everybody knows the name Aleister Crowley. All right. Well, uh, John D. actually was as uh, infamous in his time as Crowley was in his. Uh, and, and there's a lot of things here. Like they've got, again, this is in the British Museum. They have an actual photograph not a photograph here's the photograph though of uh, the actual crystal ball said to have been used by john d himself and he was actually uh, known for summoning uh, and not summoning but being able to communicate commune with angels through this particular crystal ball if you're looking at the thing looks like a nondescript kind of just slightly charcoal uh crystal ball on a, on a nice little stand here and uh it is actually housed in the british museum currently so you can actually go see this and uh uh, in right now it's a it's a it's a real thing so so i guess that's the question again like i said uh and, and here's the thing that's weird to me too when you talk about uh, communing or communicating with angels in some capacity i get suspicious um not just because one like i don't know if i even understand right that whole thing but i do get suspicious in the fact that um uh, that there's, uh, you know, like if what if you weren't actually communicating with angels themselves? What if you were uh, communicating with uh, uh, something that told you they were an angel? All right. And I think that's part of the issue here. When I have uh, when I hear people say, yeah, I summoned the thing and it was really kind and benevolent. And, you know, because, of course, a trickster spirit of sorts, uh, a demon, if you believe in those sort of things, would actually appear that way. Wouldn't he or she or it? Uh, and so I don't know. Uh, I think that's the weirdness to, to this when it when you when you say, well, I've been communicating with angels. 
Mm, okay. <laughs> cool story, bro. But but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like th- this is the actual again the crystal ball. I've got all these links if you guys want to check it out. But uh, you tell me. You tell me what's going on here. Do you think this ritual stuff is so powerful that it would be able to change the course of world history? That's the question tonight. That is the bottom line here. And I don't know. I don't know what to believe because if this is true, then uh, like I said, they wouldn't have done it once, would they? They would have done it many times, multiple times. And maybe uh, once they figure out the trick on what to do and how to do this, maybe that's what got us here. I always talk about living in the upside down and things don't seem correct. It seems like, you know, our politicians, as it were, seems like they, they don't give a damn about the people at all. There's a lot to this, isn't there? I don't want to bring Brexit into the equation, but uh, clearly there's a whole lot of upside-downery going on over there as well, uh, especially with uh, the, my English friends. I don't want to piss anybody off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but I don't know. I don't know. This, uh, this blood magic stuff, uh, conjuring in an entire empire, seems hmm, far-fetched, seems out there, seems wild. And uh, pretty good stuff. Here we go. So uh, there we go. So literally the stone circle sits on a line that... Now, here's the weird part. Here's another weird part we'll add to this that we can add to the conversation tonight. This stone circle, as you saw, I pulled up the actual image from the satellite, and it is there at Mudshoot Park right there. Again, uh, just uh, southeast of the... uh, I keep forgetting the name of it. The Tower of London. The Tower of... Just southeast uh, is this Mudshoot Park, and you can pull up and actually find this stone circle, which, again, if you look at it here, it also appears that there's uh, brown grass <laughs> growing in it on the satellite images. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh, so not only is it strange like this, this particular spot, you guessed it, you guessed it, is uh, the stone circle sits on a line that connects a great number of locations of special significance. Ah, the spot is a special spot. Uh, according to some, that makes it the omphalos, the Greek for navel. Uh, of course, like a navel orange or the navel that's in your belly. Uh, that, uh, that, that, that navel, uh, not like a navel armada sort of thing. N-A-V-E-L. Uh, and oddly enough, a ley line crosses directly through this park. Straight through the Tower of London and, of course, further up into England in some other notable spots. I was, uh, that's why I was pulling up maps and looking at this. But, uh, yeah, weirdness. Weirdness going on here, right? So here we go. So in that ley line, the term for a straight line between prominent landmarks infused with an energy of some sort, intersects rather curiously with another one, which links the two major buildings by Sir Christopher Wren. Uh, does all this add up to proof of John Dee's ritual? Uh, it is a pertinent question, but it gets in a, a way of a more interesting one. It's a good story. <laughs> this is a hell of a story. And so I guess, uh, like I said, there's a lot here. We'll get into more of this and some of the specifics and who John Dee is. And uh, again, the Elizabethan period. Like I said, it was illegal to be an atheist at the time. We'll get into the rest of that and some secret societies that were actually uh, maybe part of this. So uh, you tell me, uh, do you believe that a ritual could be so powerful that it could change the course of world events, including uh, bringing about conjuring in something so large and magnificent? I'll just say magnificent because why not? 
as the British Empire itself. Uh, so uh, you tell me. That's what's on my mind tonight. And like I said, there's a lot here. I don't know a ton about uh, uh, English history. So you'll have to forgive me there. I did do my best in catching up and reading a whole bunch of stuff to, to refresh some of the stuff I learned as a young man in history classes and all that stuff. But uh, it, is, uh, it, it is better if you help. So I think that really lines up the story here and gives you an idea of what we're talking about. So I'd love to hear from you. If you want to be part of the show tonight, I'd love to hear your take on this, and you can reach us at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And that's the question. What about dark rituals? What about ritual magic? Do you think it is powerful, or do you think it's nothing at all, a figment of our imagination? And if it's one of those things, or both of those things, or a combination thereof, what do you believe? Could it be powerful enough to change the course of world history? And did John Dee in 1593, through blood magic ritual, summon in the British Empire? One more time, looking to hear from you. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More ritual magic, the British Empire, and you. After the break. time to start firing up the grill from city to shore acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season download the acme app the shop for this season's essentials any way you want open the acme app clip your deals then order your items online an experienced acme associate will carefully select your groceries bag your order and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. We are talking about healing, the healing abduction phenomenon. The aliens are, are looking through your eyes and they're accessing your optic nerve. Traverse neurons in the brain. Got, all right, so maybe, maybe, uh, 
maybe, maybe, uh, and they also feel them clanking. Broadcasting live from a secret bunker just off the extraterrestrial highway. Somewhere in the desert sands outside of Las Vegas. From somewhere in space time, loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. And asking questions of you in earnest. Good evening and welcome to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and hello to all of you who may also have troubled minds. This show is live. If you want to be part of the show tonight, the number to call 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. We are streaming on Rockfin, DLive, YouTube, and Twitter, and we're broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. And tonight, we are talking about the possibility of summoning in something as large and significant historically as the British Empire. A story goes a little something like this. John Dee was Queen Elizabeth's court magician, and through blood ritual magic and possibly summoning a demon in a particular area just southeast of the Tower of London, well, the story goes that his magic brought about the largest empire the world has ever known, which, uh, of course, is known as the British Empire. And uh, like they say, it is the empire in which the sun never sets. And right around the time of this ritual thing happening was 1593. And uh, we've got an actual satellite photograph of this particular park where there's a stone circle and where this ritual supposedly happened. And uh, do you think this is possible? That's the story tonight. That's the conversation. And do you believe this could be real? And uh, that's what's on my mind. So love to hear your take on this and what's going on. And uh, let's uh, let's go to our good friend Derek in Massachusetts. Go Sox. Welcome to Night Stalker of the show. How are you, my friend? <laughs> go Sox, brother. Are they winning? I'm at work, so I don't even know. Yeah, it's six to one, eighth inning. You're good. Oh, nice. There you go. Um, yeah, so I got some thoughts on this. Um, I, I I don't really know that much about uh, Britain or John D either. Like, so like I didn't know uh, about the about the um, Marlowe killing and, and all that kind of stuff. I honestly, I, I just like skimmed the article before I sent it to you. I basically just like figured out what a good caption would be like for the page and stuff. Um, but other than that. Today, uh, I saw the link that you posted it again during the uh, like the the after show that I missed. So I figured, oh, it's tonight the uh, John D night. So before work, I did listen to, to some stuff to try to get uh, some threads, and I'll try to just like rattle them off real quick. I'm, I'm on my break, so I gotta kind of be a little bit quick. Sure, go right ahead. Um, okay, so uh, the, my notes are kind of out of order, so I, I might backtrack and stuff. But I was listening to um, an Alan Moore. Uh, clip from like a uh, presentation uh, he did one time and uh for anybody doesn't know he's the uh very famous um comic writer um and and famous occultist he's like the magician of the comic world he created a uh, watchman and uh beef vendetta and that kind of stuff but uh he was he he got um asked by the gorillas the band to make a play about john d uh or make a play about like magic basically 
and he was like, let's do it about John D. And he wrote, um, I guess, like a, a bunch of scenes, if not if not the whole play. And then it kind of fell fell through because Alan Moore is kind of a uh, piece of work. It's kind of hard to deal with. Um, but he was reading this. He was reading this caption, or uh, he was like he was explaining it, and then reading like his first little uh, blurb from the play. And essentially, he'd said that um, there was that the way D presented the um, the British Empire, like he coined the term, he was the first one to say it and, and conceptualize it. The way he presented it to Queen Elizabeth, he was like, "Oh yeah, um, I heard this weird uh, like legend that the uh, Celts and the Druids, um, or that uh, yeah, the, the Celts and the Druids uh, landed in the New World uh, when they sailed from Wales, and we can use that to." justify um british imperialism around the world like we can uh that can be what england uses as their claim to the new world that that the that the brit that the uh, celts and the druids went from um the british isles to the new world first so they get to like the Brit- british then like britain then gets to claim the new world and it's like yeah, if, we, if we can do it there and then we can do it all over the place we can do it around the, around the whole world and that's what we'll call the british empire so um, even without the blood ritual aspect, which I'll get into, and I do think is very, very possible, um, he like kind of just manifested what we know about England today from his own brain. Pretty much, he was like um, you, you, you talked about. He was kind of the bridge between um, like the age of like magic and the age of science. Like the the early 16th century is coming right out of the dark ages, so most people um, believe in like the mystical aspects of the world. They don't really, they don't really understand any of the scientific aspects. And, uh, he was actually, um, when he started to get, to get in trouble, like for to dealing with, um, the Protestants or the Catholics, or that kind of stuff, he was arrested for, uh, I think it was calculating was like, was one of the crimes, which is basically just doing math. Cause it's like, you can, <laughs> you can, you can like, yeah, you could, uh, it was still that early after the dark ages where people were afraid of math. And, that reminds me a lot. I, I just watched the uh, first two episodes of Foundation, that uh, Isaac Asimov um, story being turned into a show on uh, Apple TV Plus. It's a big deal, and they're like really going. They're really going in. But uh, one of the main characters, um, he's like, th- this is not a spoiler, but the main conflict is this: the main royal dynasty, which is a bunch of clones, like essentially, aka inbred uh, royals, are ruling the entire galactic empire and we have this mathematician who is like understands math more than anyone else in the whole world he created this uh this he calls it um um psycho psycho mathematics or something like that which is like essentially predicting the future based on this unbelievably complicated math that nobody else in the world can understand besides him and like the britain and the empire thinks that people will see him as a zealot um saying bad things about the empire so let's 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 take him and let's like uh, let's arrest him and maybe kill him and get rid of him, you know? So he, and he predicted that, uh, in the story based on this, based on this algorithm, which essentially the way they use it, it's this like moving sand kind of that like projects itself in the air in this like sphere shape, which after reading about this, the crystal gazing and the crystal ball with John D sounds like a very John D, um, type character. And his main problem was his main fear was that when he gets arrested, um, the library that he curated, like, because a lot of places in the galaxy don't like, they're, they're um, they arrest you for doing math too, and they like don't, they don't like written books, and and other places technology is getting so advanced that the written word is gone pretty much. It's all it's all digital and that kind of stuff. So he's like he he created this perfect library, 
um, which is exactly what John D did in real life. And um, when he was arrested, when John D was arrested, most of the books were destroyed. But the ones that la- like the ones that lasted were these seminal texts. They were one of ones. Nobody else had them in the world. Basically, if there was stuff left in Alexandria, he he had it. And those books is pretty much what invent what like the basis of modern thought since the 16th century. So they credit just in that aspect, they give John Dee the credit for pretty much creating what we know as the British empire. And then add that instead of like using, it's like mathematics, which he is doing like he's, he's communicating with angels and stuff, but he's also using math to predict the future. So with math and astronomy, cause he's big in a, in like navigation and that kind of stuff. He basically his math and his navigation stuff, also allowed the British Empire to actually traverse the world. Like without him, they, they would have been crashing into stuff and falling off the edge of the world, world and that kind of stuff. But he predicted that there'd be bad storms in 1588 that would uh, like crush the Spanish Armada, which was their biggest rival. Um, and it did; it happened. So he's like basically using math, which is exactly what this Isaac Asimov story is about. Um, same with the library and that kind of stuff. But also his communication with the angels could be like i think it's more than math so where the foundation ends it's kind of it ties into the occult like i think he's getting his information from the other side and alan moore in this clip did not um believe he was actually talking to angels he's like yeah he had to tell everybody he's talking to angels because of the time period if he said anything else besides angels he would have been murdered instantly you know what i mean um, I'm rambling, so maybe jump in for a second, and then I'll, I'll, no, you're I'll, good. I'll finish. You're good. So, like I said, interesting. So, and not only that, like I said, so math- mathematics calculating was was illegal at the time, charged with calculating. And also, like I said, during the time, they had to have secret societies of atheists, which we'll get to one of those. I got one of those picked out that uh, was actually had some notable people in it, including it's rumored that John D was part of that secret society because you couldn't be an atheist at the time because it was punishable by death. But uh, just uh, to yeah. throw that into the mix for you, but uh, go right ahead, sir. And, and atheists, like today we say atheists, we think that they don't believe in anything, but he was like, he believed that there's entities out there. He, he was not an atheist, so it's, like, it's all math. He was like, there's a lot of math, but math is like from these entities. You know what I mean? And there's entities out there. Like, when Alan Moore wrote this, wrote the story, it was from the perspective of Alan Moore pretty much talking to God and being like, I know you're out there, but like, I know you're not what they say you are. What are you, pretty much? Um, which is interesting. And then like, to tie it to the, to the ritual thing, like whether or not that one Marlowe killing was the blood sacrifice to like start the empire. I, I personally believe that these empires, they do this. They like consecrate the ground that they're taking over with these rituals. And they're, and then they try to connect them, which is like that ley line portal grid that you're talking about this, this world, the world grid, you know? Um, so just right off a couple of like threads, maybe draw people's minds is that for the United States, um, to like to tie the, the ley line aspect together, um, all the major cities along the East Coast, like Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, um, New York, Boston, and then like America, Stonehenge, New Hampshire, and up to like New Brunswick, all like giant mounds and everything, are in a literal line that goes through all those cities down into Teotihuacan in Mexico. Then to go up past America, Stonehenge, just up, it goes across the ocean and right through the center of uh, Stonehenge in, in England. You know, and those are where, and New York. And if not, other cities are aligned to the summer solstice. Um, they call it Manhattan Henge. That like alignment, like 34th Street, that whole like block of 
block of roads or whatever. So they they base the structure of these of the nation, like of these of these cities, the pl- like they design them. Everyone knows the Washington D.C. all the Masonic stuff or whatever, but that's every city. And that's t- I think it's towns. I think it's everything, and also the way the cities are lined up, like the cities itself are on these ley lines. And uh, for like the blood sacrifice thing, I think that honestly, um, this is for like a, a more diligent researcher than me, but plot the every battle in every war, like what Napoleon was doing, the Civil War, uh, and then Genghis Khan was. It doesn't matter. Just like if you think there's occult ties to the elites of that, of that area or that that government or whatever, then see like how these battles kind of. If there's if there's a pattern, and I believe that there there would be a pattern, you know, and like for instance, uh, I mentioned this all the time, but like Gettysburg was a mystical area before the Civil War. So the idea that it's haunted now is not because of the battle; it's haunted because it was already an area that the natives considered to be a window area. It already had orbs, green orbs flying around, and, and apparitions and stuff. And then you, they do the battle, in my opinion, on the sacred spot as a blood as a blood ritual. I think all of all of King Philip's war. And in um, Massachusetts was all based on that. I think like Native Americans were mainly uh, like kind of uh, tragically destroyed. Less about taking in the land and more about we need bodies to to to, to like we need to soak this ground in blood. Basically, same thing. I would I would I, I don't know this for sure, but if I had to guess, I would say that the concentration camps in Germany are most likely in some kind of alignment like this. I I think like. I think there's a commonality throughout history, with, at least with the elites that believe in this occult stuff, which I think is all of them forever. <laughs> Sounds um, like it. <laughs> and, and then one, like one last thing, and then I got I really have to go back. But uh, sure. when I was like, when I was getting super deep into researching my my hometown and my like county around my area, I was like really diving into everything, and I, I don't have it right in front of me right now. But the town that I talk about, um, Andover, Massachusetts, it's like the town right next to me. It's where uh, both Bushes went to went to prep school here. It's like the number one prep school in the entire country, um, Phillips Academy, and uh, and and um, so in this town, the town is also where the most um, witches during the Salem witch trial, like most confessed witches and most um, killed witches, were from Andover. So it really should be called the Andover witch trials. But like like the girls who did the accusing were from Salem, the Salem girls, and they were the daughters of Putnam's and the elite families, the elite occult families of that time were the ones picking the people to be killed. Ah. And the first person, the first person killed, um, was, uh, the wife of, and the husband, but like mainly the wife was the one who was considered the witch. Her husband was like six, five considered to be a giant at that time. And allegedly swung the ax to behead the King of England at the end of the British, um, the British Revolution in, in England, um, which I don't have all the details for or whatever, but it's the same thing. There's a stone circle at the center of the city. He was beheaded. The person who literally swung the axe then fled to America, and his wife was the first murdered witch, and he was killed too. The idea that, like, these, and I think the, witch, the same witch trials was not like, I think that was also, um, they instead of native americans and instead of like jews in the holocaust and instead of like slaves or whatever in this case it was the witches they use the witches as the blood and early call like the early pilgrims the colonists or whatever their first kind of blood sacrifice was, was these witches and they literally linked the two empires so the very beginning of the american empire which you can argue was still the british empire was linked on these ley lines by this 
I don't know. That's a, does that make sense? What I'm like the connect? They linked it. They, they linked it, yeah. and that's the link. Like the British Empire ritual with the American ritual, and then from there it goes on. But like, and that doesn't really support the idea that John D did it. But I just that's just to say that I think they're they're absolutely doing this. You know, and I'm I'm way over break. I go I go punch back in. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I, I hope people call in. I'm I'm really interested to hear everybody's takes on this. And uh, great show, Mike. And I did a terrible job explaining uh the is america ritual thing when, when we first talked about it on the after show so the the fact that you got anything out of that just goes to show how, how good of a host you are thank, but uh thank, thank really you. Awesome stuff, <laughs> appreciate it appreciate it uh, always great stuff uh derek uh, go socks uh, have a great night man talk to you go Sox. <laughs> thanks Later, bro. Bro. thanks bro okay so uh, that's a uh, derek uh, the night stalker from massachusetts again and uh, he's like i said uh, he's he's uh, a lot of the inspiration for what we do here uh, uh because again he's sh- he's in the chat he's sharing information he's trying to get stuff out like this and uh, i thought that's fascinating i didn't even actually figure that maybe there is a connection here between the end of the british empire and 1776 as of course the salem witch trials and all that was prior to uh but it is in the in between the transition period of maybe when john d summoned in this british empire in 1593 and of course the salem witch trials uh that are going to be uh, i believe that's what 100 years something like that uh prior to 1776 somewhere in that range so you have this uh this weird uh i don't know my dates may be off there, but uh, maybe that transitionary period is a thing, and it is connected by uh, ritual, by elites, by blood ritual, by, uh, again, maybe uh, turning in, uh, in, in this, these creating empires out of the ether, out of, uh, again, communicating with uh, whatever they are. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say angels because, right, well, if you say somebody says they're, like I said, if you say somebody says they're summoning and talking to angels, uh, I, I want to see it because uh, well, maybe I don't. But you, you get my point. Uh, 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 let's say the opposite of an angel would probably tell you they're an angel to gain influence with you. That's what I'm saying. So uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, great stuff from Derek. I appreciate that. Now, I don't know. This is, uh, again, John D., the Queen, Queen Elizabeth's uh, court magician, is said to have, through blood ritual or summoning a demon actually summoned in the British Empire. Thank you, Promethean Reckoning over there on DLive. I see it says 1692. Appreciate that. And kind of right in between, right? Uh, 1776 and 1593, uh, pretty much right in the transitionary period. So good stuff. Thank you for helping me with that, uh, the date there. Uh, so I think that's the thing, right? That's the question tonight. And what we're doing, uh, is this really, do you think this blood ritual stuff and uh, summoning in geopolitics is a thing? Do you think it possibly works? Uh, Red Sox win, by the way, if anybody's following that, 6-2. to two, Sox win. Uh, but, uh, okay, so so they move on to play, uh, I think it's the, uh, anyway, whatever, who cares. Uh, so so you guys tell me. Uh, point being is, if you uh, believe this is true, why? And if you don't, uh, I, I can kind of concur that uh, it seems outlandish, doesn't it? It seems like a very wild thing to be able to conjure in uh, the a changing world on a global scale uh, with uh, some things like this. But I think maybe as uh, Derek was describing, it may not be just, let's say, the John D. ritual. Maybe they were linked. Maybe there is part of a ritual that did come over from England to the United States uh, prior to them becoming the United States. And uh, maybe this ritual uh, went over the over the pond, as it were. And uh, who knows? Who knows what's going on with this? I have no idea. Uh, but okay, so like I said, there's more to this. Let me, uh, we've talked about that... Uh, 
secret society. Now, this is this is a this is from um, Wikipedia, of course, because there's not a lot of information I could find on this. But check this out. This is uh, this is pretty wild. Back in the time, again, uh, late uh, 1500s, 1585, 1590, somewhere in that range, it was illegal to be an actual uh, uh, atheist. Okay, and so they had to have secret societies where they met to even discuss things like this. All right, things like uh, what we're even talking about. Right, things like uh, well, does God exist? Does God not exist? Does uh, what, what if what if you think you're talking to an angel and you're talking to a demon or vice versa, right? Like this type of stuff. It, it's it's um it's philosophy. It's you know it's uh asking the the deepest questions about what it is to be human beings. And clearly, in the old days, you couldn't do that. You weren't allowed. You weren't allowed to think outside the box. Like uh, Derek was saying, uh, the one guy was arrested for calculating for math for crying out loud. Well. Uh, being an atheist at the time would get you a death sentence. And so there's this uh, actual secret society known as the School of Night. And so here we go straight from Wikipedia. Like I said, only because there's a lack of other sources. We're going to go with Wikipedia, the Ministry of Truth, I like to call them. But uh, the School of Night is a modern name for a group of men centered on Sir Walter Raleigh. Uh-oh, we know that name. That was once referred to in 1592 as the School of Atheism. Uh, the group supposedly included poets and scientists Christopher Marlowe, George Chapman, Matthew Roydon, and Thomas Harriet. There is no firm evidence at all that these men were known to each other, but speculation about their connection features prominently in some early writing about the Elizabethan era. And I couldn't find anything regarding uh, John D. being part of this secret society, but it seems like he was in these circles because he did apparently know Christopher Marlowe. Wink, wink. Uh, so I don't know. The School of Night, secret societies, ritual magic, changing world politics with uh, a spell or such. What do you think? Is this a real thing? 702-957-1037. Let's go to uh, Jennifer in Missouri. We're actually at the end of a break here. Uh, we're about to take a break, Jen. Do you want to uh, start and then uh, re- re- re-engage after about five minutes? What's happening? How are you? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, I'm doing good. That sounds fine. Okay, go right ahead. Um, okay. Well, you know, blood magic and the fact that these people are oftentimes connected with doing some kind of rituals. I mean, I think he would have to be in denial to not notice that all, like he was mentioning, like Derek had mentioned, that the whole earth and all the big cities and all the monuments and every and all the major uh, landmarks are built in sacred spots. And typically they even line up with ley lines. Like if you ever, they're called like dragon lines and ley lines. And there's a whole mythos behind it. But they do appear, all these different, like Bohemian Grove, people know about that stuff. It's all on these ley lines, major battles, big wars, and the land that they're, they're fought on usually are, like, somehow near or connected to these ley lines. And I think it goes back to pre-British empires and to, like, ancient empires that have fallen and that people are no longer familiar with. Um, in the case of the Sumerians, which it, there's people who believe that some of those old empires though they fell, they didn't just go away. They continued to evolve. So they, te- they technically kind of just, uh, well, just 
Wait till we come back. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 uh, again, I, yeah. I saw you called. I hit go, and I looked at the time and went, oh, crap. Sorry about that. So we're here with Jennifer from Missouri. We're talking about ritual magic. Is it possible to change world politics with some spells? That's an easy way to put it. Uh, we're going to be right back with Jennifer. Thank you very much for calling. 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. on Michael Strange. We will be right back. Thanks, Jan. Hang tight. Be right with you. Sure. Welcome back to Troubled Binds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we are streaming on Rockfin, DLive, YouTube, and Twitter. We're broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. And tonight, we are discussing ritual magic. Is it possible to change the course of world history through ritual, whether it's blood magic, summoning demons, or any of the rest of this? I'm not an expert. I don't know a damn thing about it, but I think it's fascinating. We're talking about a tale of one John D, who supposedly conjured in the British Empire in 1593, and, well, was this the beginning of this, or was it going on long before? Uh, that's what's on my mind tonight. If you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Let's go right back to Jen in Missouri. Sorry for cutting you off. Go right ahead, my friend. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. Right doing on. Good. Just talk, you know, talking about the blood magic stuff. <clears throat> so I was saying before just that I think, you know, the imp- people assume that when an empire has seemingly disappeared due to massive wars that they did completely go away. And I don't think that that's the case. I think many times those ancient empires are rising up again and you see them in Rome and you see them in the United States today and you see them in the British empires and the Ottoman empires and all the different empires. They didn't just uh, like appear that some of these times I think that these empires we have today have gone back to the most ancient of empires and that they are still um, ruling the world today because they ha- because they have all this magic and the ability to map out the stars and to um, map out these power centers on the earth and things like that they kept all that information and there would they would take advantage of knowing when there would be natural disasters and everyone else wouldn't know, and see worlds would fall, and they would seemingly come out of nowhere, but they weren't coming out of nowhere. They already had the information. They had been protecting it for, you know, probably thousands of years. And the rulers of those empires don't go away either because they would believe in kingship, and prior to that, the right to rule. Like, they still kind of think that today in some regards. But it has to do with the blood, and in this instance, it has to do with everyone's blood, if you think about it. Today, people are still doing blood magic, technically. We just don't call it that anymore. All of, you know, doctors, whenever you have something wrong with you, they're going to take your blood. And they have amazing science today, which is um, all based from this blood magic of old, in my opinion. So people would be able to tell, you know, people have different types of you know, blood types and blood magic doesn't necessarily immediately insinuate something evil. I don't, I'm not saying that anybody should be doing any kind of blood magic and I don't, you know, I'm not saying that, but people assume immediately it's going to be some kind of mass sacrifice. Well, in a lot of these times, these people, it might be part of their culture 
from ancient, ancient times, these ruling class people, and they still do it possibly on a bigger scale, but I think that they might be doing it even on a minor scale. So there's always that probability. As far as the mass sacrifices of people, they'd be spilling that blood on certain land to some type of message. So all this would be ritualistic, but blood magic in and of itself, just because blood is used, when it's in your body, there's nothing evil about it. And sometimes these people would be giving it out of consent, especially if they were royal bloodline. So if a queen, for example, were to drop her blood on, you know, different territories or something like that of her own consent, you also can't consume blood in large amounts. So the, this idea of consuming large amounts of blood or people who go around drinking lots of blood, I think it's something like, it's called something like hema. Uh, I wrote it down. Uh, hemochromatosis, I think is what it was, because I couldn't, I was like, I have to write that down. But if you consume more than a couple of teaspoons of blood, it can damage your organs. But regardless, there are, there's, it's got to do with fertility. Someone mentioned in the chat, I think it was, I don't remember who said it, but that it, you know, it's, there's connection between sex magic and blood magic. There is in the way that blood is involved in the fertility cycles and so on and so forth. But as far as empires, let's get to that. If you have, there wasn't, you know, people have heard the Sumerians, but you have the Sumerians too that are lesser heard about. And that has to do with in the Himalayan mountains, the Sumerian, C-I-M-M-E-R-I-A-N, the Sumerians come from some territory at Teutonic plates up in the Himalaya Mountains. And supposedly there was some kind of catastrophic event. And the Sumerians, Sumerians of the summer lands, the warmer lands, <clears throat> had migrated. And so there was a division there. So you have a ruling class of people coming from two different terrains, one near the, like, Iran and Afghanistan and Kazakhstan in that region. But you also have over in, like, Egypt and parts of Africa, where it's this, it could be the same, or, you know, the same, the same tribes, basically the same lands, but they're carrying on the same exact things they were doing then today. If you look at, uh, some people have theorized that if you look at the Abrahamic religions, that they may be retelling of the same ancient stories coming out of the Sumerian traditions. In those traditions, there are blood rituals. So it wouldn't be unusual that these people would still be doing blood rituals in all these locations, either on a mass scale as in like a mass sacrifice, but blood magic doesn't always equate to big sacrifices. So I think that's important, but you'll notice that there are masses of blood spilt anytime new territories are gained or moved because you have to get rid of people who don't want you to have it. So like in the case of you see it in the United States and you've seen it in the uh, all over Europe, all over the world. So when they're trying to conquer these individual tribal peoples, they have to wipe them out to form a bigger empire. To even have an empire, you have to get rid of people who don't want to be a part of the empire or want to keep things the way that they always had them. So of course they have to wipe them out. As far as John D doing blood magic, there's no reason I would like to try to think of a reason to think that he wasn't doing magic and communicating with angels or seraphim. Like when they were talking about these, 
we it's not quite like the angels we think about. They're talking about these mythical creatures that are pre-Abrahamic religions and that we are being told about in the Abrahamic religions in a different, in a Christianized or Muslim way. But these beings are ancient, ancient, ancient. They look much different than we think. And they may have been thinking that they were communicating with them through one of the most powerful means possible, which is DNA and their bloodlines, what's in their veins. And a, a single drop of blood, a person could clone someone. I mean, it has everything about you and all of your ancestry. And so I think that it's one of the most potent things to use in magic. They were doing magic because it was the early steps of science. And still to this, as far as were they able to conquer empires with this science? Yes, I absolutely think so. And as far as being able to, why would that be though? They, rich, they already have the knowledge. They already have the knowledge from pre, like pre-division, pre-whatever natural catastrophic events or whatever may have happened. And if you even look at the Abrahamic religions in the Bible, they talk about sowing salt on the land to get rid of blood guilt. So the fact that they wiped out entire groups of people, they would sow the ground with salt. And it's mentioned several times this idea of salting behind you. So I don't know. I I think that just because we don't live a ritualistic lifestyle, though we do today, I mean, when people donate blood and everything to save it, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on all the time. We have rituals that we are not aware of anymore because they have no, um, any appearance of being some kind of sacred significance. But anyway, I do think that they would very likely and still probably today do do blood magic to some degree. And I think that we just have to understand that it's part of the story of the current world we live in, that the continents and the mythos of this earth are ancient, and they go really, really far back. These aren't new ideas by any means. And the idea of how these empires are ruled is an ancient idea. And this idea of having an empire in general is an ancient idea of ruling the world. And ideally to have one person or one group ruling the entire world has been an idea for a long time. I love it. Do it their God. Yeah. Yeah. I I do like how you framed it as an ancient idea because it doesn't seem to be really how you control information anymore. I think information itself, you could probably have a, a like look at Facebook, right? Like Facebook in particular is ruling the world through information, right? Like it's changing. I I like, I like how you pointed out how the paradigm has kind of shifted in the old way of thinking. Right. And uh, do you think, uh, I don't want to like point out that maybe, you know, let's say Zuck is uh, into blood and ritual magic or anything, but do you think that maybe the new digital way of ruling information and the algorithms in this, do you think it's related at all? Or do you think it's uh, maybe taking a step in a different direction now? I think that they see their role in the world theater as being a great deal more important than we do. And these people are chosen for these different to rule over these certain platforms and to divvy out this information and this new sciences. This is handed down through lineages to the people. And so it's not, they don't just pop up out of nowhere. These people are already from lineages that have brought previous ideas to the world. So 
though we look at them and we don't like them or we feel this or that about them, they have been, they come out of dynasties, most likely, and they believe that they are fulfilling a different role than we can imagine. And they do affect and change the entire world as we see it. And most people are looking at the world through their lens and not their own. Exactly. And that's, that's what this show is really about in the end. Let's look at it through our own lens. <laughs> uh, fantastic stuff. You were amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, what else you got? What else you got? I don't want to keep milking you for every, every word here, but <laughs> if you got more, go no, right ahead. I just think that You're slaying it's possible it. that even the idea that you couldn't be atheist is because um, the atheism and the paganism are, were very closely united. I think that one of the biggest things they were fighting against was people having their own sovereignty. And so the belief that, for example, we are sovereign over our own lives and answer, we don't have to answer to a governing force or to a bishop or a mayor, that was a problem. So atheism and paganism, certain types of paganism, would have been associated with rebellion. And so it wouldn't have much to do with anything except they are sending a message out to others or they're continuing to practice in a way that's not good for the one hive, for the kings and the queens and for the hive. And so those who step out of that or are not participating or are only serving themselves are going to be labeled with a broad stroke as being heretics or, or in some way um, even evil. And so, because the very idea of not fulfilling this idea that they have of, a, of an empire of control, which would give them, you know, like ants or bees. And so I think that you know, it's like a spider coming into the mix of a hive of bees, basically, or something. So they'd have to wipe that away, or at least to, or at least suppress it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so- sovereignty of ourself is uh, is uh, the, the enemy, and that's what we always talk about, right? That's that's a, literally a, a kind of a running theme of this show. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. You, you are you are amazing. Always spot on here, and I, so I think uh, I think kind of pointing to this ritual is is maybe like we were talking about this in the chat after the show last night. Like Matt uh, in California brought up the fact that you know this ritual stuff it seems bizarre, like kind of in modern context. But we still do it, right? The, the the salt over the shoulder, knocking on wood, other weird stuff like the birthday cake, blowing out the candles. Like there's a lot of this weird stuff that seems like, you know, a thousand years from now, they'll be like these ritualistic pagans doing all this craziness, right? But I mean, we're just blowing out birthday candles, right? But is that, uh, well, is it the same it thing? It is really strange. You know, like um, if I go to the doctor and I donate blood to this doctor, I give it to him, you know? Because I trust him. He's a doctor. And so, um, because I trust him, I give him my blood and I give him, I give doctors and other priests, like scientists and stuff like that, rights over my very existence all the time. I put it in their hands. And so, some people may think that's crazy. But I mean, we do it all the time. And it's a type of ritual that we entrust to complete strangers just because they are a magus or a doctor or a scientist 
But to these people back then, these were doctors, these were scientists. Yes. And so they would entrust all kinds of things to them, and especially even getting counsel about what they should do or how they should proceed in conquering other lands or extending their territories. They would most certainly consult with a doctor or with a, you know, with someone like that, of that caliber in their minds. So it's not as wild as we, it just sounds wild. It sounds impossible that why were they talking to a magus or a magician or a magi? Because these were wise men and women. So they would trust them, especially in these higher echelons. If you were ruling by blood, for example, with Queen Elizabeth and many and all the other queens and kings, they ruled through through, um, hereditary lines. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's what I was, that, I forgot what I was going to say. It gets, yeah, it gets deep, doesn't it? It gets deep. Like I mean, you, you find yourself strange. talking in circles down the, down the spiral. You're like, wait, how'd I get here? <laughs> you're, you're amazing, Jennifer. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot to yeah. it. There's a lot to it. You're right. We're going to keep on talking about this, of course, because that's part of what this show's about. Uh, but uh, yeah, anything else? We got we to gotta finish up here in the next uh, several minutes. So uh, your final thoughts on this. Uh, like I always appreciate your input because you seem to be in tune with a lot of what we're talking about. And, uh, and, and uh I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for the phone call and the great information. But uh, the final thought on this. I, I don't think that we need to feel any particular way about what they're doing. I think that if we want the very key to being sovereign and having our own lives that are separate from the hive is to simply kind of take in this information, understand that it is their customs, but it doesn't mean it has to be our customs. But while I, but trying to understand why they do what they do, or the re, the 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 motivations for what they're doing, it's it is to ultimately, eventually, they think have world peace. But that world peace comes with a sacrifice, and the sacrifice is free will for people all over the world. So I think that. It's ideal if we, to, as far as what people talk about, well, what about action? And it's like, well, the most important action is going to be for us to all just, if you don't want to be a part of that, then understand it. But then, you know, try not to fall into exactly what they hope everyone will do and flip out. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. Don't, 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 don't panic. Uh, but don't. Let's just hope for the best. Let's hope for the best. Don't buy into the fear. Let's hope for the best. Great, fantastic message. You're the yeah. best, Jennifer. Yeah, agreed, 100. percent And I think you're. I think you. That's the vibe of the show. That's really what we've always been about: sovereignty of yourself. And that's a, that's a great way to succinctly put all those amazing things you kind of uh, tied into the rest of it. It is a ritual to take ourselves away from ourselves. And uh, it's been going on for a very long time. And I think this is the battle we fight. It is, uh, many have called it the battle of good versus evil or what have you, right? However you want to label this. But it is uh, the hive mind versus the sovereign, the sovereign mind. And I think we know where you stand on this. <laughs> I do not call you a hive minder. <laughs> You're the best. Thank you so much for the call well, tonight. Always great. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go Bye. ahead. 
All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, Jennifer in Missouri. Look at that. This is what I'm saying, right? Th- this is, and this is my point about this entire show is uh, we've always done this in a live format for exactly this reason. You see all the amazing people we get to call in. Jennifer among them. Uh, look, like, look, like uh, the conversation begins talking about blood ritual, talking about John D, talking about summoning in the British Empire, talking about all kinds of things. And look where we get. We bring it all the way back. Jennifer brings it all the way back to sovereignty of yourself, to uh, the hive mind versus the individual mind, to, uh, again, right, like bring it to the Alex Jones level, Uh, the globalism, the globalists, and the shycoms, and the, right, Alex Jones, and he does it, the human pig chimeras, right? Yeah, uh, like, right, I'm I'm making fun here, but it, it it is a very large concept of uh of of that the borg right the hive mind uh blood ritual sacrifice all these things we're talking about uh there's a that's a fantastic way to bring it all all the way back to uh really what this show's about and really what the uh the 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 the, the, the sense of being is about the sense of your own being and so i want to point out too to, to kind of actually add to what jennifer said there is that if you go back to uh, the time we're talking about, what, you know, John D. Elizabethan uh, Elizabeth I to that that period, uh, late 1500s, we're talking about a time where, like Night Stalker said, they put people in jail for calculating for math, all right, but also they put people to death for atheism, and you see, un- uh, unfortunately. Uh, we still live in the same world, all right? Look at Jamal Khashoggi. They put him to death for journalism, right? For trying to tell the truth. Look at what the uh, the CIA just proposed in 2017 uh, for Julian Assange, right? To, to actually uh, stage a firefight to execute him, right? Things like this for journalism, all right? It's, this, it's the same thing. It's death for ideas, and we still live in this world. It's just disguised. It's hidden. We're uh, under this blanket of, uh, you know, artificial or uh, manufactured security that it's not as it seems. And that's uh, that's what this is all about. And uh, in the end, I think that, uh, you know, we have the right to be wrong. And that's a, an underlying theme of this show as well, is that ideas should not get you killed. I'm sorry. And uh, ideas and freedom of speech is paramount. Freedom of thought is paramount. And the right to be wrong is critical in this because you look, 1585, 1590, they're putting people to death for being atheists. Think about it now. It's a reverse, hasn't it? If you're not an atheist, the persecution is on Christians. The persecution is on Muslims. The persecution is on people of faith. And are they putting them to death? Maybe not here in the States, but they are doing it other places in the world. And so interestingly, like I said, I truly believe, and I'll stand by this, we have the right to be wrong. And that's what this show's about. That's what these conversations are about, and that's why we do this. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much, uh, Derek. Thank you so much for all the fantastic calls tonight and everybody listening. Uh, we're going to keep talking about this. We're, we're going to continue with these underlying themes of this show. We do have the right to be wrong. We do have the right to question authority. We do have the right to tell tall tales. That's it. I'm not saying we're lying. I'm saying we're considering possibilities. It's completely different. And so just because you want to consider all the possibilities does not make you an enemy of the state. And there we go. There we go. So much good stuff tonight. Thank you guys for uh, joining us and being part of this. Thanks for listening. As I always say, uh, you could be doing a million things right now, but instead you're spending your time with us, and I'm honored by that. So I thank you, each and every one of you listening, everybody in the chat. Thank you so much. And uh, let's wrap this up. As you know, 
We are on the Fringe FM broadcasting, and if you're listening on the Fringe, stay tuned for Joe Roop lighting the void. If you're listening on any other platform, including the podcast feed, stay tuned for a third hour of Troubled Minds. We're going to keep on talking about this and keep on taking your phone calls. And as we finish, the question is, do you believe we have the right to be wrong? Do you believe in the sovereignty of yourself? And do you believe there is a power out there trying to take it away from you? Be sure, be strong, be true. Thank you for listening. From our troubled minds to yours, have a great night. guys we are not done yet we've got a third hour of troubled minds coming up where we're off the radio no radio clock thanks again to jennifer for uh for, uh, for uh, <laughs> dealing with my uh, stupidity of taking your call just before a break and adding an amazing level to this conversation uh again uh, like i said this is why we do this live because you get amazing calls you get amazing people and you get to have a conversation and like i said the, the battle seems to be against people that want to have a conversation and get along with each other. You understand? All the division politics, all the bullshit they put us through, yeah, you guessed it. What do you think it's for? It's to make us believe that we don't want the same things. It's to make us believe that our skin color, our socioeconomics, or any other division tactic is to pull us apart. As George Orwell said, well, I'm not going to quote it because I'm terrible at regurgitating quotes, but it's not about staying alive. It's about remaining human. We cannot betray each other. we got another hour coming up with Troubled Minds. Don't go anywhere. We're taking your phone call. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. Don't go anywhere. Two-minute break. More Troubled Minds coming up. All right, welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and tonight we are discussing ritual magic. We're discussing blood magic. We're discussing John D. back in 1593 was said to conjure in the British Empire. Do you think this is possible? They said he summoned a demon. They said he sacrificed a notable playwright of the time. They said that all kinds of things that he communed with angels or seraphim, as Jennifer uh, put it, uh, entities that are not ourselves somewhere other than earth. 
is where these uh, this communication was happening. And again, uh, there's there's a lot here. Like I said, uh, the more I dug into this, the, the deeper this rabbit hole kept going. There seemed to be a lot of links between, of course, bloodlines, of course, the Royal British bloodline, the Tudors, uh, and all kinds of things. Like I just kept digging and digging. I was like, whoa, I got to stop because if I get too deep into this, uh, it's 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 a story you can't tell. Uh, when there are too many details and too many threads and too many plot lines crisscrossing and all the rest of this, it just becomes a nightmare to be able to kind of give it a narrow uh, field of telling the story or else you're just a, a giant uh, a giant mess. And uh, I've done that before. and <laughs> I try not to do that too much. <laughs> too much is too much. Uh, so so um, uh, what do you think? Do you think this is all possible? I think that's the question tonight. Did dark magic conjure, conjure up the British Empire? And what is this? Like, what's going on with this? Like, as Jen was saying when she called in just a little bit ago, is that, uh, you know, this seems to be the elites versus uh, versus a, a hive mind uh, or trying to continue keeping a hive mind of the way things used to be, the old way of looking at things, the old way of doing things. And things have changed. Things are changing. And do we have that sovereignty of ourself? And is this blood ritual magic a way to uh, keep us in line, to keep us, uh, keep us uh, in... In, uh, well, uh, I don't know. We had a phone call last night in particular said uh, people should stop having kids, right? Is that uh, where this is at? Uh, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure where this goes from there. But uh, uh, like, like I said, I've got more of this to talk about, of course. Uh, we're going to get into some James Bond theme uh, links, links here to John D. if you guys didn't know. Again, shout out to Rivers for pointing that out to me. Apparently, uh, yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, John D. was apparently the original James Bond. Did you not know this? Well, if you didn't, and uh, you're, you're going to. Yep, yep. Uh, Rivers, there you go. I actually said it before I read the message, but Rivers said, Michael, please don't forget the 007 reference. And I won't. We're going to get to that i've got it right here thank you rivers for uh for giving me information i didn't know and this is what this is about this is about getting together learning from each other and having a conversation and uh that's what's going on tonight so i don't know uh back to, back to the whole bit of this uh by the way we are still taking your phone calls and uh, you can be part of the show at 702-957-1037 that's 702-957-1037 uh that number is persistent by the way so if you're listening to this on a an actual uh archive or a podcast or whatever a few days from now when you have thoughts on this, call in and just leave us your thoughts and uh, we'll play the uh, the voicemail on a, on a future show. Uh, I think maybe what we'll start doing is if we get enough interest with that, Maybe we'll add a show on Friday and play voicemails and kind of follow up on some of the, the thoughts and ideas that came out of the shows for the week. So you guys tell me, like I said, we're, we're flexible here. Um, I do know that uh, there's value in talking to people. And so that's why, again, again, that's why we always do it this way. That's why we've always uh, had the open phone line, why we've always had the Discord open and all the rest of this. So uh, so we'll see. Uh, we're, we're open to some ideas here and uh, the way the shows go and all the rest of this. So uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, let's go. We got to. Uh, Kelly hopping in here. We're going to go to him in just a sec. Hold, hang tight, Kelly, because we got uh, Tam Bam right in front of you. If you guys want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link, troubledbinds.org. Let's go to uh, our friend Tam Bam in South Africa. Welcome, Tam. How are you? Testing one, two. Can you hear me, Tam? Hello, hello. Tam Bam, you're unmuted, but not coming through. Nope. Okay. She disconnected. 
Uh, all right, so uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Brian says, "Oh, you're you're uh, here. We go. Tam's back. Let's." Uh, Brian says this. Oh, you're not going to make me talk about Julius Caesar. The name means in numerical terms, 666. Also, did you see that Biden said this today or yesterday? He said that we're going to get this bill done if it takes six seconds. What do you say? Six hours, six, six days or six weeks. I was like, ooh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somebody got to him. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, funny, not funny. Uh, what's up, Tam Bam? Welcome to the show. Can you hear me? Testing one, two. Nope, uh, it is uh, it is difficult. Uh, Tam Bam one uh, test one two, testing one two. All right, I'm gonna let's Kelly let's jump over the caller queue and see if we can help Tam this way. Uh, Tam, you there? Test one two, testing one two. There we go. You're good. I I just changed channel. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. I know uh, Discord can be a pain in the ass. Uh, Derek has uh, similar issues. It's uh, Sometimes you jump in because it's a locked channel because we're on air, so people don't just uh, kind of hijack us, and uh, <laughs> it, it, it keeps spitting you out. It, anyway, welcome to the show. How are you tonight, my friend? It's like my life. Just <laughs> put me out because I have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Uh, I saw you actually state that about how they used to. Uh, uh, I'll let you say it, but uh, you're welcome to the show. What's on your mind tonight? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, the conversation went better than I thought. I, I'm always uh, not really terrified because, you know, you've got a track record of, uh, you know, a long conversation. But sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be bad. Uh, only because I don't know enough about it. There's a ton more to know. Uh, but like I said, th- night in and night out, you guys always call in and save my ass. So I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> Go right ahead. You know what it is as well is that people do so much research over years and years and years. And they forget quite a bit. So when you come up with a topic and you, you talk for a while, it actually sparks a memory and then they, the flood of information comes running back and then they call in, they contribute and they've heard this and they heard that and that's what I love about it. Agreed. And uh, me too. Like I said, uh, yeah. I- I'm glad it triggers a thought and a memory and uh, the-, the research comes <sighs> back because it does bail me out. <laughs> no shit. No, not, no, no lie in there. But uh, I saw you, so you did mention in the chat uh, something about, uh, you were am talking I'm about the Salem Witch Trials, right? Uh, you alright? What are you doing? You okay? <laughs> hello, hello. Are you there? Tam Bam. I think I think she may have disconnected. Okay. Whenever you're ready, uh, hop on back. Uh, so, okay. So we're, we're talking about tonight, guys, did dark magic conjure up the British Empire? An individual by the name of John D. was Queen Elizabeth I's court magician. And he supposedly uh, was able to conjure, uh, conjure up the British Empire through blood ritual, through blood magic, whether it was a sacrifice of a notable playwright at the time, the precursor to William Shakespeare, or uh, actually, what's his name? Let me get you his proper name. Uh, his name is this, Christopher Marlowe. And... Uh, or uh, did he summon a demon? And there's this weird spot. I want to point this out. We haven't done this for a little bit because we had some great calls. In this, uh, th- There's this weird spot in a place called Mudshoot Park. And that's uh, just southeast of the, uh, what was it called? The uh, the Tower of London. Okay. just uh, And you can see I actually mapped out directions from one to the other. It's about a 15-minute drive through heavy British traffic. And uh, it's it's close, uh, Mudshoot Farm. And so I, I was trying to see if there was a, a connection here, and you could actually find this on a satellite photo- photograph. And sure as shit, take a look at this. If you look at uh, the satellite photograph, you can see where there's a stone circle in the northwest quadrant of this park, Mudshoot Park. 
and uh, it's it's uh, it seems to be where the spot uh, the navel of the British Empire, uh, as they call it, the uh, uh, what is this called? The Omphomos, I believe, is what it's called, uh, which is in in Latin the the navel. Anyway, uh, interestingly, that when you do pull up the satellite images, you can find this stone circle right there. I found it and was like, "Damn, <laughs> that shit is real." <laughs> All right, so uh, Tam, you still there? Test one, two. Yes. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back. Go right Thank ahead. you. Okay, so I just want to also say that um, <clears throat> you never. Uh, uh, well, I wrote it down. So my friend was telling me it's, it's actually so weird. Yesterday, my friend was telling me this story about. Um, okay, we call maids domestic workers here, which is the proper term. And her domestic worker was telling, was speaking to a friend of hers who was also a domestic worker for this African family. Super, super wealthy family, and they live in the, they live in this massive gated estate. And she was saying to me, she was telling me that this family said to their domestic worker, "Do not go in this room. Whatever you do, do not go in that room." They didn't give her an explanation or anything. So the one day, I think it was two weeks ago. No, no, no. It was no, no. Allah, two months ago. She, the, the whole family went out on an outing and whatever, and the domestic worker was cleaning the house. So what are you going to do if someone tells you don't do it? You're going to do it, right? So what she did is she opened the room of that door where she wasn't supposed to open. And as she opened it, the room was, it's, it smelled like a dead body. And she said she saw little demons or something running around the room. And there was an altar and it was just evil and black and it was just terrible and she tried to close the door and it, the door was battling to close because something was trying to get out the whole time and um eventually she closed the door and then the family who went out came back and the and, and as if the the father of the family knew what was happening what happened and he said to her you open the door and sorry but you uh, you're going to be sick you're going to get very very sick now and True as true as hell, she actually got sick. She was so sick for a whole month. She took a month off work, and she was so terribly ill. And no doctor, anybody, could find out what's wrong with her. So eventually, she had to go back to work. And she went to the um, the head of the household. She, she said to him, "Listen, why am I sick? Why can I not get better?" And he said, "That room is that we actually have to pray to the demons in that room using blood." blood magic to keep our wealth and i mean these people are insanely wealthy ridiculously wealthy so they have to worship to these people um or to these entities to keep their wealth and 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 she she actually has to go back to work because there's no other option for her so going to work and knowing that this crap is in this house it must be scary as hell so when you talk about today and blood magic and all these things the, um, and my friend telling me what she um, heard from her domestic worker yesterday, it just makes total sense. So these, this family has to pray to these things to keep their wealth and a sacrifice or whatever the case is. Oh, and the domestic worker uh, keeps on noticing animals that just disappear. So they get a new puppy or they get a new this. And then they say, oh, no, the puppy died or the puppy got run over or, you know, something happened. Um, and, and it all adds up to blood magic to keeping their wealth. 
That is so so bizarre. Holy shit is what that is. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's wild. And, and so, so makes you wonder, right? It, it, when I say the elites are into these things, there's a reason they're there, right? Right, exactly. And so, you know, it's very, very scary. You never know what's happening behind closed doors. I mean, this family is a prestigious family, and they're just, apparently they're very nice people, and they're great, and they, the kids do well in school. And then you hear about this, and then you think, well, shit. You know, I, I'm not going to do that to be wealthy, to be su- super wealthy. I'm not going to risk my soul. You know, so you just never know what happens behind closed doors. Yeah. And well, I'm sure. And that's uh, I hate to say just the beginning of it. But I mean, so so what does that even mean? They have to give blood tribute to these entities. Is that are they sacrificing people? Like what the hell's going on there? Do you think? Oh, fuck knows. But that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I don't want to, I, I actually didn't want her to speak any further because it's sickening that these people, I mean, I, I, I must be seriously in denial, but that these people actually exist, even though I know these people exist in multitudes, it's just difficult for me to comprehend that, that you, that's what you would do to be something on exactly for an eternity of hell. No, thanks. No, thanks. Skip. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's wild. And uh, I don't know, like if this, this is the thing, like, uh, like people have described, it's been going on for a very, very long time. Uh, what, uh, I don't want to know how to get into this. Cause I, like I said, I'd rather, I'd rather have my own autonomy and uh, not owe anything to anybody. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, Thanks, you know yeah. what I mean, wink, wink. Uh, but, but what in the world? Um, so, so what about the rest of this? So, so clearly you believe, uh, oh, and I want to say too, good. You stopped the, the individual from talking more about it because you also don't want to be implicated, right? If you know a little too much, then you become a target yeah. as well. Right. Which is not good. Well, Exactly, but I did say to my friend, you find out where that freaking house is, and so you know where that house is, and your kids don't go there, you don't make friends with those the that family's uh, children, you don't make friends with them, you just stay far the fuck away. Yes, yes. That's it. Hell yes. So I want to, I want to actually tell you, you know, Jen, oh, Jen is such a great caller, and Jennifer, she just comes up with these things, and I just... She's so brilliant. Um, and I actually missed the bulk of her conversation because oh, my child needed to eat with his hollow pit of emptiness. Um, <laughs> hey, some of us are just always hungry, Tim. <laughs> yeah, cheap as mm, hell. <laughs> um, Go ahead. So this, what you've been talking about, I mean, it's, it goes, like you said, and Jennifer said, it just goes so far back. I mean... It's, it's like slavery. It's like what, uh, religious wars. It's the oldest thing in the book, right? It goes so far back that the people nowadays who are opening up to realizing, oh, shit, this stuff is going on. Blood rituals, are, is, this is what's happening. Oh, the royal, whatever. You can't exactly fathom how much, how, f- how far back it goes that, even, that if you open it up now and start talking or researching about now, it's not going to really make a difference, right? Because there's so much of it. I mean, this, this stuff is pre-planned. I mean, I think I really do believe that everybody that's in major power, it's, it's all planned. These people are all planned out. Like, I only found out Mark Zuckerberg is related to some other famous person back in the day, and it's all pre-planned. 
these people and I found out that a South African president, um, there was a meeting even before I was born. So the South African president uh, and uh, it was happening at apartheid just before apartheid. And uh, this guy, this white uh, guy said, you do not touch Cyril Ramaphosa because he needs to go and work and make a lot of money before he becomes president. And I'm thinking, all this shit is planned. It's pre-planned. We have absolutely zero control. We, our votes mean nothing. Our opinions mean nothing. And that's killed me. Yeah. It's a, and once again, right, where it's a, it's a struggle. It's a struggle of power versus those who are not in power. It's a, it, it goes as a, it's a struggle as old as time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think the terrifying part is like, you know, if, if, if they're in these, you know, uh, ritual situations where they have to continue, uh, you know, blood sacrifice in some capacity to keep their wealth. Well, um, <laughs> uh, uh, right. Once again, even if it's fake, right. Even if it, even if it's like a figment of their imagination, let's say it's still like in some case blood sacrifice. Right. And you know, some religions are, you know, murdering roosters and right. But some are not. <laughs> summer you know that uh, is my question going after people and i and said stuff, to you yeah. exactly and i said to you in chat and i don't know you didn't mention it so i don't know if i should mention it about the about the orphanage oh yeah 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 uh, yeah probably not let's not i mean uh, like like let's let's just say that uh if the elites are uh, doing blood sacrifice, meaning that they're actually sacrificing people that, uh, you know, it doesn't take uh, much to kind of look at, put two and two together and uh, find out where these individuals are coming from, the, the sacrifice, uh, as it were. So uh, we, we, we can kind of go ahead. But, but it's also a case of um, boredom. You know what I mean? If you have so much money, let me give you a good example. I don't know. Listen, I've binge watched this show, but I'm sure many of you have. I don't know. Squid Game. I have binge watched that show and it opened my eyes to the reality of the elites being so fucking bored that they actually have to bet money on human lives. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Think about it. Like once once the barriers of uh, just surviving and like having the things you need and want are broken, uh, once you have wealth, like huge wealth, that's that that that's like a week. Like you'll you'll burn through all, all everything you ever wanted in a week. You'll have houses in the Riviera, everything all over the place, right? But then what? Then what? Yeah, you're bored, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's a, a blood sacrifice with that. There's boredom. There's doing anything you want just because you can. It's yeah. horrible, man. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so back back to that other stuff too. You were you were talking about uh, how they were able to basically just kind of write women off because uh, they they were you know hysterical or this that or the other thing, right? They were able to take away their opinions back in the day. And we were discussing uh, the the Salem witch, tri- witch trials, right? A uh, little bit with yeah. that. So, so uh, you got thoughts on that? Well, yeah. So back in uh, it's it's really it's so ridiculous. Back in the day, um, women standing up to their husbands, having an opinion, not listening to their husbands, were put in a freaking insane, insane asylum. It's so bizarre and so stupid. But I would ra- and but the thing is, I would rather live in a situation where. Like, mm. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're you're so good. You're good to go. Uh, um, I'd rather live in 
days nowadays than live back then and not have an opinion. Shit, I, I think I'd be in jail for murder. <laughs> let's, let, let's not do that. Let's not be in jail for murder. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Right, hold on one sec. One sec, guys. One moment. You can you hear me, Tim? You good? Test one, two. Making sure. Test one, two. Tim, can you hear me? Okay, go right ahead. Uh, we had we had uh, Ross jump in there. I don't want to get uh, uh, kind of bogarted on the conversation. I want I want to let you continue your thoughts. So go right ahead. We're in a protected channel. Uh, so so just your thoughts on this, like uh, ritual magic, okay. conjuring the British yeah. Empire, the the conversation as it were. Uh, go ahead. We got Kelly here too. If you want to talk to Kelly as well, you're welcome to stay. Well, Kelly's awesome. Um, sorry, there's an echo. There's another. Your radio station is playing us again. Uh, it shouldn't be, or uh, if you're playing it back, uh, maybe. I'm not sure what you mean. Let's see. Hold on. Uh, an... I don't know what's going on. Uh, it shouldn't be. Nothing should be playing back. Oh my gosh, it's so weird. There's another one of your shows playing in the background. Uh... No. You have it's getting too woo woo for me here. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So let, let me go. We, yeah, yeah. Okay. Final thought, and then yeah, we'll get you out of here. Final thought on the uh, ritual magic okay. thing or not? Ritual magic intent. It's all about intent. You can be a good witch. You can be a bad witch. It's all about intent. I think it's all real. Okay. All right. Tam Bam, you're the best. Sorry about the technical issues. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. No, no, no. Uh, I can then keep well. Bye. Thanks a lot. You too. <laughs> there you go. Tam Bam in South Africa. Uh, great, great stuff as always. Again, uh, this is one more time. This is why we do this. This is why we get together. Kelly. Uh, oops, sorry. I moved. Uh, I mo- sorry. Sorry, Kelly. I moved. I went to move Tam out. She left and I moved you out. Uh, so we're, we're still talking about this. Did dark magic conjure up the British empire talking about blood magic, summoning demons and the rest of this stuff. Like I said, uh, we, we, uh, kind of drink a healthy dose of the maybe juice here and I'm split on this. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is real or not, but again, like, uh, again, like I've pointed out further uh, earlier back in the conversation that Rohan uh, called in a while back and said that, okay, it doesn't matter if it's real because you have two options. If the elites believe it's real and they're perpetrating like sick shit and it's not real, then the elites are still perpetrating sick shit, right? Sick stuff that is not real. But then if it's real, then they're, <laughs> casting spells <laughs> and conjuring up the British Empire. I mean, holy shit, right? I don't know. So, so that's what's on my mind tonight. I want to uh, quick shout out over on Rockfin to my uh, our good friend of the show, very long time listener, Dark Devious. Uh, send us a tip over there. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, if you don't know, guys, we are on Rockfin, and uh, that's part of the reason why we've been demonetized on YouTube. So, if you want to, if you're completely enjoying a conversation, you want to send us a few bucks. You can't do it on YouTube because that's just the way they are. They've demonetized us but not on rock fans so thank you so much dark devious uh good friend of the show been listening for a long time contributing uh to to the crypto channel on discord if you guys have not been part of the discord please join a lot of good people in there a lot of good conversations uh troubledminds.org click the discord link thank you again uh, dark devious uh whenever you're ready kelly whenever you're ready my man uh hop on in here and let's uh let's talk about weird shit bro because <laughs> i'll tell you what tonight is about weird shit is it not <laughs> How's it going, man? I'm doing good. How are you? All right, all right. I'm just listening in. Right on. What do you think? What are your thoughts here? 
this ritual magic stuff, man. Is it possible to change geopolitics and world history with uh, a stone circle and some blood magic? Well, yeah, I believe there's magic. I believe magic is real. I mean, again, if like that, uh, I didn't catch his name, but just like you, his, his comment about if you know these so-called, you know, the people that like government officials, billionaires, and whatnot, if they're doing magic and it's not a big deal. You know, I mean, them, but if they are doing some weird shit and it is real, yeah, that where it really comes down to it. Yeah, right. You, you know, because I was good. I, it's fucked up both ways, I, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you know, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I was gonna go down through a whole spiel on this thing, you know, but yeah, that's you know, that's more or less what it comes down to, and 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 that's the thing too. It's it the blood magic part is what it, it you know. It's supposed to be from you know from the stuff that you know that I, I went through, right? So it the blood magic part is supposed to be the most like either the most powerful or you know the most dangerous, right? Ain't even rituals, you know. They got NASA, you know, even billionaires, government officials, you know what I mean? Country, you know, country leaders—they're all doing rituals. You know, we did NASA did now rituals on the moon. Yep. I mean, if the shit ain't real, you know, then why even be doing it, you know? Yep. I mean, and that's like, uh, you know, from, if, you know, if they're saying like, you know, for, like, for instance, you know, the, the talk for tonight, you know, about the magic taking over, I don't know, because I can, I go different ways with that too, because, you know, you have, you know, because even like, you know, for, you know, you know, people say you're going to uh, DC, right? And, uh, you know, the first laying of the stone, which was a, a black stone, actually, too. But, yeah, all these secret societies, man, they, they do rituals. You know, skull and bones, Illuminati, or whatnot. And Jennifer talked about it, too, for a minute. But, yeah, um, <clears throat> the Bohemian Grove. You know, Bohemian Grove, they're, you know, their uh, worshiping god is Moloch, you know. And that's all blood rituals. All these ones are, you know, passed down through time. You know, they've been doing either blood ritual or sacrifice. And they're only doing it for a certain reason. They're not just doing it to be doing it, you know. There's got to be some kind of reason. Especially, you know, mass ones like, you know, you have the Aztec and Mayan. You know, and they were saying, too, that these people, after a while, you know, some of the Aztecs were more, you know, they would over-conquer, like, smaller clans and then, you know, use them as a sacrifice. But some other ones, they were, you know, these other parts of these those towns where they were just, you know, people were giving themselves up to their gods, you know, which was a serpent god. And that's a, the thing that I look at, too, is the reason for it. You know, why would they be doing it? Exactly. Uh, the only reason they would be is if they believed it, right? Like, if they believed it was phony or false, they wouldn't do it at all because it would just be like additional uh, crimes that would be uh, right uh, impl implication implicating them in other things. Right. So clearly the only reason you do something like that is if you believe it's true, you, you like just just making up an excuse to, you know, 
whatever it, I'm not going to say the words, but whatever whatever is the culmination of that making making stuff up to do do atrocities is uh well it's it's just sick in and of itself so you don't do those things at least to me at least to like a sane rational non-elite normal person you don't do those things unless you believe it's real unless you believe there's something actually happening right yeah i mean especially the one in bohemian grove you know the one they know their sacrifices you know they, they call it the the black child for the flames moloch moloch you know that's 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 for Bohemian, and these are supposed to be, you know, of course the rich, you know, with with you know whatever they're into, you know, like people that would, you know, you would say that have you know own corporations or whatnot, but you also have like leaders of you know of of different countries going over there, and that and this wasn't even that that's been going on, you know, I mean it's been going on for quite some time, you know, and if you go into you know, the ancient societies or whatnot. <clears throat> again, with Mayan, you know, Aztec, you know, they were doing, again, they were doing mass, you know, sacrifices, which is, you know, that's a blood sacrifice. But the reason why, you know. So what leads me to some of that stuff were like would be, because um, some of the stuff they also do, you know, sacrifices or even like uh, rituals, like with government and stuff. They did that, you know, through, you know, astronomy too, the astrology. They they would do it certain times, you know, where the moons, you know, are aligning, you know, planet alignment or moon alignment, special uh, uh, celestial happenings. Yeah, they're, you know, they already know, you know, that's some of the stuff that they're that they have out there to be, you know, combing the combing the skies, you know. Yeah, and it's weird too when you think about like ritual uh, anything, and you kind of put it in context of like uh, you know Matt was saying last night on the chat, you're blowing out birthday candles, salt over your shoulder, you know things like this. Like uh, what about ribbon cutting ceremonies? What about like you know uh, they just had the Obama well, was some kind of a library with the Obamas and they put the shovel in the dirt uh, as like a you know uh, a sort of ritual to begin the construction process. Like this type of stuff has been going on for a very long time, and even you know the. Free masonry with like the the cornerstone you set the cornerstone first and it's like a a ritual like something for the building and you know time capsules i mean like i don't know man like like we we see we seem to be like neck deep in this shit and uh you know most most people don't notice like like it's it's happening right it's happening i don't know man there's so so much weirdness yeah um Again, I just want to, like, for me, um, right, I, I like some of the stuff, like I said, it, for blood rituals and stuff like that, if, you know, they're actually, the reason for that, for, I would, I would say is that the ultimate reason is to giving yourself up for these entities that come inside you and be able to um, more or less be you, you know? Because, I, again, I, uh, that's the one that I go to uh, with top with at the Emerald Tablets of Toph, and that's Tablet 8, the Keys of Mystery. And, again, that's where they talk about that these things move into in the shadows, you know, and they take over, you know, they take over, <clears throat> they would kill a person and then take over their, uh, and it's a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. You know, it, men, you know, it's like dark magic. They said that, you know, men is looking for power. 
And by doing that, you know, that's that's how they would do it. Because these things are from a different vibration. That's through, you know, the average, like that tablet eight. These things are from a different vibration. So they're not even from here. They're, they're from, you know. And the only way to be here is, you know, through a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. And that way they're, you know, they can come into this, into this or our realm. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is uh, some sort of like uh, like Matt says. You know, the devil makes short deals, and it is you know whether however you want to define the devil, it's it's an entity. It's an alien entity that is not human, is not from this realm, and so this is what they're trying to contact. These these are the powers they're trying to achieve. Again, it's creepy, right? The, the whole thing's a little bit creepy. I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't do that on the weekends, right, Kelly? You're not trying to summon some weird shit with some blood magic on the weekends. I, I sense that vibe from you. That ain't your thing. Well, not not particularly right now, but what what I'm saying is like some of the stuff that it you know even through Sumerian, you know all that some of that stuff that you know it's but it's weird because if you look at the the thing I'm getting at if you look at some of the statues that they had like even through Sumerian right they was a reptilian looking in Japanese they have these little statues that were you know they were reptilian looking and they've had different statues that. You know, they look like man or woman, but no, these things look like it's a reptilian looking form, you know? And, and again, if you go into Mayan and, and, and uh, Aztec, right? What do they, you know, their god was Kukulkan or, and, um, Quetzalcoatl. Uh, the other one, but yeah, Quetzalcoatl, and they're the flying serpent gods. Yep. <clears throat> so what, you know, is it the thing that they're, they're, whatever they're flying that looks like that, or is it, or is it, uh, what these things look like you know what i mean yeah 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 and, and again and we have a ton of history here that maybe maybe suggests that uh those maybe are some of the entities uh crazy stuff man i, I love your takes uh you're gonna hang on you're gonna you're gonna bounce because we got a call right behind you so if you're gonna if you're chill and gonna hang out we'll, uh, we'll take the phone call and can go back to you but if you got a bounce man i understand you tell me we're flexible here i'll hang you don't, if you don't care. Yeah, yeah. Either way, you, you know you're welcome to stay. Okay, so hang tight one moment. We're going to go to this phone call, and then we'll come back to you, Kelly. All right, so we got, uh, looks like Barry in Florida. Welcome to the show, Barry. You're on Trouble Minds with Mike and Kelly. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing good. Um, I just had one question. What do you, what's your opinion about uh, Alex Jones um, and his thoughts on Bohemian Grove? Uh, clarify his thoughts. For me, what what is what is his take on Bohemian Grove? Well, he has been very vivid and uh, outspoken on Bohemian Grove uh, over the past week and a half. Are you not no. incited on what he said over the past week? No. So I'm very. I'll tell you what I know about Alex Jones Bohemian Grove. It's, it goes back twenty years. So if he's talking about it recently, I haven't heard it. So fill me in. Well, he was talking about his experience. It's very similar to 20 years ago whenever he did it. So the, the story hasn't changed on what his experience was. But it had to do you know, with the owl and sacrificing a child. Uh, not a real child, but everything else. But what are your thoughts on Bohemian Grove and the fake sacrificing people and being the wealthy class and everything else and everything that's going on? Well, it's the same thought. It's the same thought as what I've been talking about with this John D. stuff and the conjuring the British Empire. Any sort of blood magic ritual, period, or ritual magic without blood, either way, is terrifying to me because, again, we have the duality, meaning, look, 
is it real? If it's real, we're in some shit up to our neck, right? And they're actually like casting spells to 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 actually whatever, like g- gain whatever in this in this worldly realm, all right? But then if it's not real, then we have these elites believing this shit is real and doing this shit anyway. And that's equally terrifying. I think that's down to the crux of it. That's Rohan's take, and I agree 100%. Like, it's it's creepy one way or the other. I don't know. I don't necessarily believe it's real in my opinion. I think a lot of, a lot of this stuff, in my opinion, once again, is that uh, I think maybe we're open to suggestion of things. And so the suggestion ends up kind of culminating in our own mind making those things happen, sort of the Oedipus complex. If we never heard of it in the beginning, we would never culminate the end. That's my take on it. But I don't know. I don't have the answers. That's just a personal take in this moment. And as you know with me, uh, I I reserve the right to change my mind. There you go. There's my take. What about you? Um, Well, I I actually feel the same way, but I, I was wondering, how did you hear about Bohemian Grove? Alex Jones. Because I actually never, yeah, I was about to say, I never actually heard about it until that, that point of view. So whenever the, the topic comes up, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. So I, I just wanted to revisit that and see, like, if there was some sort of other outtake that was brought into this that um, could possibly change my mind about the situation. Because... In my in my point of view, I think it, it's it's weird. The whole thing is weird. I I don't like any of that sacrificial. I mean, but it, it's in a lot of cultures. Um, but I don't personally like it and agree with it. I think it's, it's bad juju. But I see what you your 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 thoughts were on the whole situation, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, that's and a, there's a, there's a duality, and I think both are creepy, and uh, that's that. That's that, my man. I'm, uh, we'll, we'll keep talking about this, as you know. Like, uh, it's not it's not one I like to go to too often, but it is the, the month of October, so maybe we'll do some uh, some more dark magic this month. We're going to be talking about spooky stuff. So, uh, short of uh, summoning demons on air, uh, we're we're, we're going to come maybe up to that point. <laughs> and I'm just kidding, but uh, <laughs> but um, there you go, there you go. I'd like yeah, to make fun uh, of myself. Uh, go back to your caller. I I just wanted to know. I, I had to bring it back to the roots. And kind of um, revisit, like whenever I hear hear the words, I have to I have to like revisit the whole situation without the gay frogs. But yeah, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, one thing, real quick, before you go. So I, what I did note about Alex Jones, he was on a podcast recently with uh, uh, what's Tim? Tim is it Tim Dillon and Joe Rogan? If you if you haven't seen that, go check that out. I'll try and find it and link it in the the uh, down below here. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, but he's talking about exactly that. Uh, uh, I think t- is a Tim Dillon's a comedian, and they're talking about the initiation yeah, process. It, it, hold on, right? I gotta cut you off. Yes, it is Tim Dillon, and this was when he was drinking. Currently, he's not drinking, and he was going into iodized water, and or not uh, Yeah, iodized water, and oh uh, no, no, uh, sorry. Who was um, Tim? The fluoride in the water, thing it out with iodine. Oh right, right. But yes, um, when he was he was drinking heavily, so there has been further interviews when he's been sober. So I see, I see. So I, uh, I just wanted to put that the interview that you put uh, put out. There has been further interviews when he's been sober. Which one, Alex Jones or Tim Dillon? 
Alex Jones. Okay. Tim Dillon was on the, it was the happiest one with Tim Dillon. But yeah. afterwards, he's been on uh, two or three podcasts. Gotcha. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll let y'all look it up. Alex okay. Jones podcast. He was on uh, Slightly Offensive with, I forgot the guy's name, and he was on uh, Steven Crowder within okay. the past week. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Like, as you know, I, I don't have a ton of time to listen to that stuff because we're doing our own thing. So I, I wish I had more time to do that, but then we wouldn't be doing this. So uh, so thank you. I will, I will uh, follow up on that stuff and try and listen as I can. You're the best. Thanks for calling in, my friend. Barry in Florida. Have a fantastic night, my man. Yep, no problem. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, all right. Uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, Kelly, on uh, the Bohemian Grove and all that stuff? Uh, I'm not sure if you're you know, kind of following Alex Jones as closely as Barry is there, but there seems to be uh, you know, something to it, uh, more, more of that initiation process of, you know, uh, like, you, like uh, basically Alex Jones was describing it as a situation where they meet, meet up to get dirt on each other. And so they're doing these terrible things, unspeakable things, and they do this in, a, in this setting, very much like the Bohemian Grove, where they do these horrible things, and then, of course, it's kind of like the blood in, blood out. And so if you, tr- if you turn on the group, the entire group is against you, and uh, that's, uh, that's part of what's going on here. I don't know. What do you think about that, my man, if you're still there? Kelly Kelly in Colorado? Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, uh, Kelly's here, but he's muted. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, real quick, I, I made a promise to a friend here. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. Go ahead, Kelly. Sorry, man. I'm sure you heard oh, me there. Sorry, man. I was kind of unmuted, but... Um, That's okay. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. For me, it, for me, it's like this. If, if you know, these are supposed to be uh, people that um, making the, the world go around, right? And we're talking leaders and money, you know, all that shit. But why are they in secret? This ain't, I mean, they're saying that like, oh, we're just get together, have some, have some fun. Hell no, man. That's got to be, that shit should be regulated or, you know what I mean? They should be doing that shit in the open. Not, not some crazy ass running through the trees, you know, sacrificing a kid to Moloch. You know what I mean? Some weird shit like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. It's a, it's a, it's clearly some sort of ritual thing where they're trying to indoctrinate whoever into the group. And then, of course, right? We're talking about people that are rich and powerful. So what they do is once you're in that group and they have dirt, uh, it means they can control you. It's about control, right? So even in, in the elite circles, they still try and control each other. Like this game goes to the very, very top. It's crazy, man. It's crazy stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean. It, that's what, <clears throat> but you know, they have for them, for them, they were supposed to be actually more of like a, you know, a, a code of brotherhood, you know what I mean? A, a code of silence where you're, you know, see how mad that one guy was when, you know, when, what's his name, when Alex Jones told him that, you know, right to his face that, hey, yeah, that was me. And he was, you know, he was kind of, dis- you know, he, he was felt di- very disrespected, you know, because, you know, they hold, they hold some of that stuff in high regard. And and, be, and it is because of secrets, though, because, you know, if they all have to join while they're there, I don't know if they have to join with, you know, some of the activities. But if you're there, you know, what I mean, what is the whole point of even seeing all that shit, though? You know what I mean? I mean, sacrifices and stuff like that to different gods, you know, that's that, you know, everybody else saying that that's what. Like these so-called third world countries were doing, you know, what I mean, some. Some weird ass devil shit is what you know, like the Catholic Church was, you know, 
would be talking about. But again, with magic, real quick, you know, I just wanted to say that, uh, well, we can go to the next caller. I don't want to get too deep into that. Uh, no, nobody behind you, man. Just us. Just us. If you want me to take over, oh. I, I got a thing to talk about real quick, unless you want to you wanna delve, delve into that. Okay, here. I got this. Uh, so, so I did make a promise to a friend that we're going to talk about this tonight, and I think it's important to this conversation. Uh, John D., check this out. This is crazy. Uh, many don't know this, and I didn't know this until last night. Uh, thank you, Rivers. Shout out to Rivers. Uh, John D. was actually the original James Bond. Yeah, right? Yep. Here we go. Hold on. So here we go. I'm going to link this, and uh, we're going to talk about this for just a second, put it in the chat, and you guys can see what I'm saying here. But uh, John D., again, like I said, we're going back to, uh, to the very, very beginning here of uh, 1593 is the date. John D. was an occultist. He was an alchemist. He was an early scientist, okay? Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, this is from uh, blog.bookstoretellyouwhy.com. I linked it in chat. Uh, centuries before Ian Fleming would write James Bond into existence, another man signed letters with 007. That man, John D., was a mathematician, astronomer, and some say magician. He was also a trusted member of Queen Elizabeth I's court. Some historians say that D. was a spy for Elizabeth, thus making him even more fitting inspiration for Ian Fleming's hero. And uh, yeah, right. D had long been fascinated with astrology. In 1555, he created horoscopes for both Queen Mary and Princess Elizabeth. Though this wasn't necessarily an offense unto itself, he discussed Mary's horoscope with Elizabeth. Thus, D was arrested for attempting to calculate nativities which was elevated to a charge of treason. It's not certain how D convinced the court of his innocence, but it may have to do with his uh, supposed occult powers. After one man testified against John D, one of his children died and another was struck blind. D was released to the custody of the Catholic Bishop Bronner for religious examination. The two would form a strong relationship. D was actually quite religious. Uh, the following year, D presented an interesting proposal to Queen Mary. He suggested the foundation of a national library and requested funds to start the project. Mary rejected the plan as Dee set about building his own personal library. He amassed an incredible collection of rare books and manuscripts, one that far surpassed the collections of England's universities. Dee focused on mathematics, astronomy, alchemy, and the supernatural. Interesting. There you go. Uh, so there's more to this, of course, and it's probably too much to get into. Uh, yeah, there's a number to call, Clayton. 702-957-1037. I'm going to type it in the chat. There you go. We're taking your phone call still. And uh, the thing is this, though, right? So the original James Bond, so Ian Fleming, of course, uh, wrote James Bond and that whole thing. And uh, the original person to, to sign their name, or at least next to their name, was John D. this ritual occultist. Uh, <laughs> 007. How about that? <laughs> and Elizabeth was the original M. Thank you, Rivers, a a to add that. Uh, Queen Elizabeth was the original M, uh, Elizabeth I. So uh, everybody remembers M from the James Bond mythology, and uh, that, that uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's something to this, right? Uh, again, history repeats itself. Nothing new under the sun and all the rest of that. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? I'm pretty sure you've never heard that. I, I, didn't, I hadn't known that until yesterday. No, I have never even heard of that. That yeah. was kind of interesting. Pretty wild, right? Yeah, right. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, we got a couple calls coming in. So, uh, so what else you got, Kelly? What else you got, my friend? Um. Uh, 
Let me see. I don't know, man. I, I would just listen to you. I kind of just... I just lost my train of thought, too, so... That's okay. I, I, I do it every every three minutes or so. <laughs> it's all right. You're in good company, man. <laughs> you're in good company. Uh, all right. All right. So uh, uh, we'll go to the phone calls. Uh, like I said, you're welcome to hang out if you like. And uh, if you can regain the train of thought, we'll, we'll plump you on here in just a sec. Let's go to uh, – I'm not sure exactly who this is. This is a first-time caller. So let's go to uh, – you're on Trouble Minds with Mike and Kelly. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Can you all hear me? I can hear you now. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? My name is Clayton, calling from Florida. Clayton in Florida. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind tonight, my friend? Hey, hey thank you, thank you. Um, well, I just had a negative run-in with another person on Discord, and I'm kind of aggravated because I just wanted to get this information out. And he kind of just kept cutting me off, so I just found a shill on Rockfin. Go figure. <laughs> right on. Right, wait. Um, right. Okay, okay. Go, go right ahead. What information you got to get um, out? Ha- have you looked into the Tartaria? Uh, no, uh, I might know the name, uh, fill me in. Okay. Tartaria is basically, uh, something they've lied about the cabal. It's a worldwide civilization that happened. Something happened about two or 300 years ago that I'm a history major too, by the way. Sorry. I'm trying to get it out. I was a little aggravated. So just give me a second to get my thoughts. that's cool, it man. It's kind of rude what he did. So <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure who you're talking about, but uh, but but go right ahead. You're you're in no, good company here. It's just, Jeffrey just go right Daugherty, ahead. but it doesn't matter. I don't want to call nobody out. Anyway, right. um, so Tartaria is this worldwide civilization that supposedly existed about 400 years ago, I would say. But if you look back and you try to research music or art or anything, you're only going to go back about 250 years to find anybody that where it started from. So something happened about 250 years ago to 300 years ago. Like, I'm talking people disappeared and then reappeared. Like, out of nowhere, nobody's really sure. But like I said, look up Tartaria. And if anybody that's listening to this hasn't watched the documentary, The Lost History of Flat Earth, you absolutely must watch it if you want some real, real deep truth of this world. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I got it. I got it okay. up on the stream here. I found a found a link. Tartaria: The Mystery of an Empire Lost in History. So wait, can can you explain just real quick before you go? Uh, you're welcome to stay. By the way, We're, we don't. We, no, I wasn't gonna go. I got I got time. If you got a little bit of time, there was something else I wanted to say. But go ahead. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, that's why we do it. That's why we do the third hour and kind of uh, no radio breaks and all that, so we can kind of uh, flesh out the conversation, have time. Anyway, so so I do have the link up. Tart- Tartaria. So you said the people vanished. How many people are we talking, and did they come back? You said they came back. Was it tens of years, okay. dozens of years? This is years where. Okay, this is where I gotta kind of explain things. Okay. Okay. Well, if you watch, whatever we talk about, watch that. Try to. It's in like eight parts, and the guy is he's really awesome. But watch the lost history of flat Earth, and but anyway, Tartaria, a civilization now. It actually correlates with the Bible. That's kind of why I said, I think earlier I might have said something about the Bible. Um, So, basically, people call it the mud flood that happened about 250 years ago. If you look at the pictures and look in Russia and all this stuff back then, all these magnificent buildings, I'm sure you've seen where they have cathedrals, they call them churches, and they have these big ornate uh, organs in them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I sure do. Okay. All of those were part of Tartaria. 
a worldwide civilization with free energy. They actually use something called red mercury. You have to look into all of this, but I, I've really researched it a lot. Okay, anyway, so it kind of lines up. There are five pagan historians in history, one, one of them being Josephus. Now, Praetorists will say from, this path, from these five different historians that everything in the Bible has already happened. And I don't think quite so yet because this is kind of what I was trying to get at. And it's kind of important to me because I do believe in God and all that stuff. Um, but if you take into account Tartaria and something happened where they disappeared and they kept this from all of us. Like I'm telling you, they had a worldwide civilization, free power, living water. They, they use nothing but pure, like, electricity from the ionosphere. It's, a, it's amazing once you really look into their technology. Okay, anyway, so that happened, and it seems like they disappeared, and then people came out of nowhere, and now we have this upside-down world. So can I read you something from the Bible real quick? Sure, go right ahead. Okay. So take into that account, just really take into account a disappearance, and then people reappearing, okay? Okay. That's what I want you all to take from what I'm about to read. Okay. Revelation 20, starting at 1. And I, and I kind of read from this part, probably could start lower, but it kind of adds into the thousand years. That basically what the historian said, by, uh, see, I'm, getting, I'm bouncing around. Anyway, the historian said that there were people who came to them in 66 AD that something happened when Israel was being invaded by Rome that amazing instant happened in the clouds. And everybody says that it's the prophecy that happened and everything was fulfilled in the Bible, and Jesus came back. Well, what I'm saying is an impossibility. I'm just giving you information. I don't know for sure. I'm still trying to figure it out. But it lines up with the possibility that Christ came back at that moment, had a thousand years, Satan was locked away. Okay, now I'm going to read. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should, should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. Just two more paragraphs. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and... Judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And this is where it, started, where it gets important. So this is where y'all need to listen. Um, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, nor had received his mark upon their foreheads. Now, keep in mind where I'm reading from, the mark has already happened. Keep in mind the jab. Upon their foreheads, or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Okay? But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Interesting. Okay. It keeps going on. I could keep reading it because there's also a second resurrection. But Wait, did, uh, let, me, let me ask I real quick. You, did, did you say, real quick, did you say the little season? Is that what that said? Yes. Which is... Uh, In, after the thousand-year reign, so if Tartaria was the thousand-year reign of Christ, basically what is a possibility I'm saying is, I don't know for sure, it, it lines up with Tartaria. That's all I'm saying. Um, that when Christ came, Satan was locked away for a thousand years. 
Now, God, because he's the accuser, Satan is the accuser, he had to release him after that. There has to be people here, but, you know, God probably wouldn't leave people in Tartaria and his own people. But there had to be people here for Satan to deceive. But I think the people that we came from, from Tartaria, were the people that either didn't know about Christ and died at a certain point in time, or not necessarily, maybe rebuked him and getting a second chance, something like that. So basically it said, everybody in Christ, the dead in Christ, whoever died believing in Christ, after Tartaria, whatever, they left, Satan was released. I only think that mostly because of Tartaria, and everything is Satanist now. It's like our whole world is upside down. Yes, like, upside down. It is completely inverted, and it lines up with Satan being released. Yeah. And if you look back where it all started, our history has only started from about 250 years ago. 300 years, our current history. Now, I think what they did was they took history. They didn't just recreate all of our history. They took the Bible. They took some of the history, and they just they ruined the times. They just split it all up. I think the thousand-year reign may have happened about 1,400 years ago. thousand-year happened about 300 years ago or so. The mud flood happened, and they took control. Okay. Satan took control. Clayton, Clayton, fantastic stuff. Look, I've heard the little season recently. Uh, a good friend of ours uh, from uh, the channel uh, Algorithm, uh, just like it sounds, a space in between on YouTube yeah. was talking about the little season and that Satan was released and to kind of run amok and do his thing. Uh, and I had first heard of it like a week ago. And, and here you are, like bringing it, literally bringing it up kind of out of context without that in particular. man. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yep. I'm telling you. Hey. So here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do. Uh, so we're kind of at the end of the show here. So we don't have a ton of time to get into yeah, Tartaria. But what I'll do, what I'll do, I promise you this, in, in the coming days, future, sometime in October, we'll do a show on Tartaria. Okay, I'll look into this and we'll we'll kind Sounds of like discuss some of this stuff and and uh, you're, as you know you're welcome back anytime you know you know the number to call uh, hop in the Discord sorry for the bad experience I can't speak for everybody but for the most part we have a good group here uh, amazing shit uh, thank you uh, how'd you find us I'm pretty sure you found us on Rockfin right yeah I'm on Rockfin I just I just kind of bounce around and I've, I've listened to you a couple of times and I just kind of came here after all that happened see I was trying to get through that with He's, his name is Jeffrey Darty, and he's on Rockfin, but he's, he calls himself the Christian whistleblower. But I was kind of hoping to give him a little bit of something to talk, but he wouldn't let me get through four and five. He just he cut me off three different times. And, three, and four and five were the most important part, was about the resurrection and when I was talking about Tartaria, but it was just like, oh, we're not going to talk about the Bible and shit. And I'm like, so yeah, I called. I'm glad I called, you know, because I want this information out. What the truth is, I'm not telling you what to believe. I, I just want to know the truth. That's it. That's all I'm ever looking for. Yeah. I'm the history major, went to school for it. So I will definitely talk about anything you want. <laughs> you are in the right place, my friend. I'm not trying to make any believe any, anybody believe anything either. We're just here having a conversation, considering the nope, possibilities. I just want information. There you go, brother. There, what you, you do you, with that information is up, up to you. Up to you. It's a personal thing. You're in the right place. Clayton, thank you so much for calling First Time Caller. I look forward to hearing from you in the future. I promise you, in the month of October, we will do a show on Tartario, okay? Absolutely. Every time you're on now, man, I'll, I'll jump on and say hey and stuff, for thanks, sure. Thanks, brother. Appreciate the call. Uh, fantastic meeting you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. Absolutely. Everybody have a good night. God bless. Thanks, man. You too. There you go. Simple as that. Uh, you want to be part of the show? Give us a call. And uh, any any take on that, Kelly? I, I don't know if you've heard of Tartaria before or 
Uh, that's new to me. It's a new thought. I, I've heard the term, but I thought it was a Greek, uh, a, like a Greek uh, mythology term. Apparently not. Apparently it's something else. Well, no, I have not heard of Tartaria and uh, the story of it anyway. It's, but if it is a Greek term, you know, you got to understand too, though, the, you know, Greek, you know, the I think it was the Greeks were, or, you know, a lot of that stuff was, you know, Greek was in uh, Egypt and stuff like that. That's where a lot of the Christianity supposedly started from. But yeah, I mean, you'll you'll find a lot of that stuff through there. But no, I've never heard of Tartaria. I mean, that's kind of new to me too, as well. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of sounds like the they talk about um, the people before Christ. So I don't know, man. Some of those words. I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't know, man, because it just makes me, the only question I have is, so what about the people that were before Christ, you know, that died before him? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of so, course. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a lot to that. Uh, uh, it's just a weird, a weird, you know, it's just one question I have. It's just, you know. But yeah, anything besides that, though, I don't want to be, like I said, you know, people believe in whatever, and and that's good, you know. People have have beliefs and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, that's that's always welcome, whatever. But that's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I agree. Uh, and again, right? Uh, we're we're again, we, we're pretty uh, Kelly and I. We're pretty deep into the rabbit hole, and so there's a lot of things that we haven't really, you know, like it's it's rare to run something by us we haven't heard of, and, and he just did, the Tartaria stuff. So so we'll, we'll dig into that, Kelly. We'll, uh, if you want to do, your, do your, uh, your own research there, I'll do a little bit too, and if uh, you want to reconvene at some point this month, we'll get back together and talk about that. Seems pretty fascinating. Yeah, I'm going to be checking it. That's the same thing as he was talking about with the red mercury, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep, red mercury. I've heard that from uh, Chances of Ghost. Yep. Yeah, it took a... Took- I took a little bit of notes on, but I was. Hey, what was the one thing I think it was Jennifer was saying? It was called the Seraphim. Was that it? Seraphim. Seraphim. Yep. S e r a p h i m. Oh, p h. Yeah, p h. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's it's biblical. It's a. Uh, so basically, they had different levels, uh, structures of angels: the cherubim, the seraphim, and that bit. And so, uh, the chorus, as it were, the beginning. And so uh, there are different entities, the different levels of angels, uh, and, and that's one of them, the seraphim, uh, different entities. Yeah, I remember. Okay, now I remember now. Yeah. I just had a, like, well, I was back, I wanted to question it because I was like, yeah, it hit me somewhere. I was like, I know it hit her from somewhere, but it took me a minute. Yeah, no good. Uh, all good. All good. Okay, so uh, we got. To, we're going to go to to Russ here real quick, and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Um, and any other thoughts on this, Kelly? I know you. Uh, we've been talking a little bit here, but uh, like I said, I, I hate to milk every every thought from you guys, but uh, it, it's uh, it's what makes the conversation fascinating. You know, we kind of go down different rabbit yeah. holes as we discuss this stuff. Yeah, I mean, no, like you know, a lot of that stuff too. Even like with biblical men uh, and. I try to touch on a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of religions, too, when I do, you know, some, there's some of my, a lot of my research, too, because you have to, you know, that's some of the, some of the, even if it is written tell, you know, you got to, it, it, it's got to come from somewhere, and, and a lot of stuff you could see just passed down through history, and you just, I just got to see, because not, not, maybe sometimes you'll, you'll hear different stories, 
you know, so I have to like this one, this is a new one to me, so I have to jump on that one and see, you know, that what was that one about? Yep. So yep. I, I like, I, I find it very interesting too, because religions, man, you know, they, they add, you know, because sometimes it's, it's for, for me, it's add stuff too, you know, because if you go back in history, you know, even further back, you know, it, you find it fascinating where, you know, so a lot of these people collide with with each other. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's I, I I like it. I like it, but it's it's a lot of information though, especially you know when you have a you know when you break it down and stuff like that, like the Bible does. So it's a uh, that one's uh, there's a lot of pages in that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no shit, right? <laughs> there's a lot, not, and that's not the only one that has a lot of pages. <laughs> so we're we're uh, uh, trying trying to figure things out. But you're right; there's a lot of overlap with a lot of these religions and some of the concepts. And I think the thing that's fascinating about religion is it's uh it's actually uh um th- th- that overlap is larger concepts than the religion itself, right? Um, I, I'm going to get to you just a sec. Chill, chill, Russ, chill, Russ. We'll be right there, man. Uh, so, so yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know. I think that's the thing, like re- with this religious stuff, right? Uh, different, different doctrines and whatnot. Uh, it is the conversation is kind of larger than, uh, you know, the doctrine itself. And that's, what's uh, fascinating to me. So, so, okay. So, uh, we got Ross, we're going to take uh, Russ. We're going to take this phone call and then uh, we're going to finish this up. Uh, you want to hang tight or do you want, you want to, you want to bounce Kelly up to you, man, as you know, you're welcome to stay. No, man. Okay, here we go. Let's uh, let's go to uh, Russ in Florida one more time. What's up, buddy? What's on your mind? Oh, nothing's on my mind. I I, I said don't answer. I, I was just trying to find the Discord. Oh, you're in the Discord. You were in the Discord. You you pop in and out uh, a few times there. Um. So, uh, what's up? What's up? Uh, I, I was waiting for the uh, the after party, like just to chat. Oh, I see. Uh, okay, was, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, so you are in the Discord. I saw you jump in the, uh, the We're Not Experts. Jump in the We're Not Experts channel, and uh, folks will be there shortly after. All right. Uh, what, what else? Uh, what other thoughts you got on this uh, the show tonight? Um, nothing much. I mean, I already brought up the, uh, the fact about Alex Jones and the uh, Bohemian Grove. And that, that was pretty much it. But I was okay. waiting to get into like the Discord to talk. All right, so. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after the show, there there should be people there. Uh, no guarantees because I can't twist everybody's okay. arm and make them be there. But uh, that's where folks will be. Jump into the we're not experts, and uh, we'll see you there. Thanks, Russ, in Florida. We'll talk to you and uh, talk to you soon here. Okay. Okay. Have a great night. There you go. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, there's a, there's a lot here. We kind of covered a lot of ground tonight. So, um, you know, not to get into more rabbit holes and kind of chase this stuff around. It, it ends up, you know, like it, it, three hours blows by because you get smart people together, kind of bringing out different theories on this stuff. And there's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, and uh, you know, you you just can't chase down every every lead, as it were, because it, you end up uh, without any coherent uh, show or story here. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, thoughts on all the rest of this, Kelly? Blood magic, uh, ritual summonings, uh, changing world history with magic, any of this type of thing? I mean, shit, right? Like, that's, it's terrifying if it's real. I think that's what it comes down to for me. Yeah, for, for me, it's, I find that magic is real. You know what I mean? But there's a difference between magics and, you know, magic. Because magic can, can be used for, like, an everyday use. You know what I mean? And the people that I would find in ancient times, they would have 
you know, they were more in tune with like the planet Earth. You know what I mean? So we're, we're more now into the cities wearing tennis shoes and shit like that. You know, we used to be running through the jungle or, or even through the forest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for me, that's what I see as like what the human was doing at the time, you know. But anyway, to the point is, is just, um, I don't know. Man, I, I lost train of thought big time on that one. <laughs> like I said, welcome, welcome to my life every three minutes. I'm, I'm trying to get the thread back. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah. Well, no, it's just because, like, all right. So, with magic, right? So, that's the point I was getting at, is that, yeah, we were daily thing, but, you know, if, we, if you're doing curses, that's a whole different thing, uh, something else, you know? And if you're using blood magic, for me, you know, and, and like I said, some of this that, that you will find, for, but for, my, for me, I would believe it's, you know, it's something even more, you know what I mean? It's more powerful. It's something that you shouldn't be, you know, if you're using that, then it's going to be, you know, for a, a reason. And, you know, who knows what the reasons might be that, you know, it could be more sinister than, than we would hope for, but, you know, or, or hope for less anyway, but still, I don't know, man. It, for me, is blood magic is, is, and magic, you know, in itself, and it could be uh, some stuff that we don't even know that, you know, technology can't even wrap itself, you know, mind around. It's something that's something that we haven't ever seen. And, and it could be just, it could be even just take more technology we haven't seen, but. Yeah, right, right. You know, the, the premise is magic is undiscovered technology, right? Yeah, I mean, who knows, who knows, so. But if we're talking like changing worlds and stuff like that, that's kind of a. That's 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 kind of mind blowing, man. I don't know even uh, wrap my mind around that one either. Yeah, so, it's it's a big it's a big implication, isn't it? It's definitely huge. And so, uh, like again, we'll we'll see if there's some other threads like this. Like uh, like um, uh, Derek in Massachusetts brought up uh, the Night Stalker said, you know, that maybe uh, America is a ritual uh, culmination of things too. So maybe we'll look into that and maybe do that as an addendum piece to this. Um, but yeah, uh, lo- lots here to talk about. Can you change the world with magic? Uh, like not just like your your own reality, but the reality of the globe itself. And I say globe, I know we got flat earthers here, so you know what I mean. Whatever it is you believe, it's all good. Uh, so okay, uh, let's uh, let's do it. We got Jay here. Uh, Jay, welcome to the show. You're here with Mike and Kelly. Let's uh, let's do this. What are your thoughts on this, my man? Jay in New York. Mute. I'm sorry, I didn't unmute. That's okay. That was yeah. right along. <laughs> I, um, I do it to myself. <laughs> Welcome to the show. What's up, brother? I just, this is creepy. You know, I look back, you know, some of the things that Bunny has on her channel with the rituals that they're doing at CERN and the stuff that they say that they're doing before they go to space and all that. It's just, it's unbelievably creepy. And then it throws me down that, you know, the people talking about Alex Jones there, that throws me into that 17th letter stuff that i don't know should should wait until i don't know five minutes from now just to keep the bots at bay i just i i don't know that's i mean i look at it and it's just there's so much stuff like that going on i mean i remember remember when we were kids you were reading in the magazines and stuff about that bohemian grove and there was never anything good about it and 
the same little conspiracies that were going on then are still going on now. And then, you know, like Kelly was saying, you know, with the Aztecs and stuff like that, those guys let a lot of blood. You know, what were they doing with the Why are the blood rituals and everything else like that? And then the thing with 007 and all that today, I was like, well, come on, dude, you're really, yeah, that messed me up, man. That guy was kind of my hero. You know, now we're, it's the, all into the black magic stuff because, I don't know, I think that there's, you know, things that we shouldn't play with, you know, and that's probably one of them, you know, using that kind of magic to create your own power and keep your own power that's right up there with evil. And then, I don't know if that was Ross that was talking about the implications with the Bible that were all new, too. That Clayton. Clayton, I'm sorry. That's okay. Clayton. I'm sorry, Clayton. I was really <laughs> interested in what you had to say. You're that was some good stuff. Um, but just have we really gone this far? Is that, I mean, is that where we are? I mean, like you were talking about with, you know, Rowan, if we've gone that too far, we're basically screwed. Yeah. It's a heavy, I remember reading. It's heavy. Yeah. You know, there was a thing I remember reading in some of the, the, along with all the Mason books that I got, there were a whole bunch of Protestant books that were basically denouncing Freemasonry and the evilness of it and stuff like that. Um, it was a big movement. And one of the things is we were part of a 250-year experiment. Was The United States is part of a 250-year experiment that for whatever reason the evil of the Masons would have their reign for that period of time and then the good would take back over so I just I don't it's it's terrifying to me that you know we hear these things that are the little stories that come out you know from the people that call in and stuff like that it all comes together and it just I don't know well it's Halloween so we're supposed to be scared and tell scary stories and all that whatnot, <laughs> we're right? supposed I to mean, creep each other out <laughs> why not why the fuck yeah. not yeah, why not, Jay? It's all good. Uh, and again, uh, like like I said, we're, we're not, this is not doom and gloom. Troubled Minds is about having a troubled mind and looking to the future with a positive frame. And uh, rose-colored glasses, as it were. And so uh, if it means uh, the bitter end to the bitter end to the gates of hell, well, so be it. Uh, we'll go with our chin up and our dukes out, and uh, that's the way it goes, right? So it's, a, it's about being positive. You know, we're talking about uh, negative things sometimes and some... Uh, some weirdness, but uh, it's. Uh, I, I don't think we should be scared. I think that's the bottom line here. Is uh, you know, like uh, like the fight is against fear, and so I think that uh, we should we should be afraid, or we should not be afraid of the things they tell us as they dump the fear, fear, fear in the uh, uh, into the into the zeitgeist, right? I mean, that's what we're fighting. You turn on, again, you know, you turn on the COVID, uh, CNN and whatnot, and they got COVID deaths like it's a goddamn basketball game, you know? Like, like it's like, oh, we got two more died in Massachusetts and one more died in, uh, you know, North Dakota. And it's like, get the fuck out of here, you know? Like, we don't need like a daily ticker on deaths. That's just bullshit, you know? Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, let's not be afraid. No, I mean, the good thing... Well, I mean, the good thing about that is, I mean, we're not talking about the deaths now anymore as, as much as we're talking about, you know, the cases, you know, and hopefully those are people that are just walking around with the sniffles, you know, Amen. and not really sick. So, I mean, I think, you know, you're right. The positive energy is going to get us, you know, we got to keep it, you know, whatever we got to do to fight to keep it and work that way. Amen, brother. To, 
Amen. Try to be the good, you know. Amen, brother. Be the good. Amen, brother. I got a quote here from from Kelly. This is it. You are a ghost driving a meat-coated skeleton made from stardust, riding a rock floating through space. Fear nothing. Thanks, Kelly. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I love it. We can leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, guys. All right, Kelly, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. What's up, brother? Let's do it. No, man. All right. I'll just, uh, I don't know, just be aware of everything, you know. I know it's not be, uh, you know, throw fear or anything out there, but I like to be informed, you know. Amen. So, what, what in, for, for like, for example, just real quick, it's like the Bohemian Grove. I know a bunch of billionaires and uh, so-called leaders of countries are not meeting all together for the benefit of our health, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, just, just be aware, man, and just, you know, Help your friend, your your uh, friendly neighbor. Take care of yourself. There you go. Amen. Amen to that. You got a quote for us, Jay? Let's rock this, brother. I do. All right. To walk the red road. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. To walk the red road, you have less fear of being wrong because you know that life is a journey, a continuous cycle, a sacred hoop. Mistakes will be made and mistakes can be corrected if you will be humble. For if you cannot be humble, you will never know when you have made a mistake. I don't know who that is. It's an Indian proverb of some sort. Nice. Nice. Fantastic. Great shit as always, my man. That's right. I mean, I agree with Kelly. Help your neighbors. Do something nice for somebody you don't know. Pass out some hugs with your mask down and wash your hands after. There you go. Don't be afraid. Don't let the fear get you. Yes, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. All right, uh, so as we finish, this is the deal, right? The bad news is we're done for tonight. The good news is, God willing, we've got tomorrow. We'll be back at 7 p.m. Pacific, and uh, we'll be talking about more crazy stuff. Uh, we got a paranormal show coming this week. Uh, it's going to happen tomorrow or Thursday. Looking for your ghost stories. If you guys have actual ghost stories or theories on different things, I'll try and find a ghost angle we can talk about. We'll get with James, maybe get him on the show. and uh, Or maybe next week or the following week, we got a show coming up with James from uh, Salcedo Paranormal. Do check out his podcast. He does three times a week just paranormal stuff. So uh, the link is down below. Check him out. Uh, he'll be on the show sometime coming up. But um, that's what's up. Uh, as we finish, I said it once before. I'll say it again. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate every, all the calls tonight. Thank you all for being here and hanging out with us. Thanks for the first-time callers. We had a couple of those. And uh, thanks for finding us. Thanks for uh, enjoying a conversation where there's no, there's no truth. Uh, subjective truth is the only truth anymore. And uh, if we have our own truth, they seem to think we're dangerous. And uh, I don't like that. And that's why we're going to keep talking about this stuff. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. As we finish, see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. Be sure, be strong, be true. I'm honored by all you hanging out and spending your time with us when you could be doing a million other things. Thank you so much. From our troubled minds to yours, thank you for listening. Have a great night. Time to howl, guys. We're out of here. Anything else? 
No, ow. <laughs> ow. I do. I sound like a wet chihuahua. I'm, I really. <laughs> you gotta I'm back off the mic and then and then do it from your belly. Go. Ow. <laughs> like that. All right. All right, we're out of here. We're out of here, Jay. Uh, you know, we'll catch you guys in the after show chat. Jump in the. Uh, I'm not an expert, and we'll catch you there in the Discord. Troubleminds.org. Click the Discord link, and let's get the hell out of here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a fantastic evening. time to start firing up the grill from city to shore acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season download the acme app the shop for this season's essentials any way you want open the acme app clip your deals then order your items online an experienced acme associate will carefully select your groceries bag your order and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details